Welcome to the Arms Race, the podcast where we try and determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching each and every Sylvester Stallone movie, although for now we're doing a bonus episode. I'm Mike Olson. I'm Kevin Keane, and that's right, we are doing our commentary track of The Rock. 1995's The Rock? Boy, we just, we didn't do any search, we just, we just put the DVD in and here we go. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking over the movie, so if you have a copy or if you can rent a copy through streaming. Of the Criterion Collection, no doubt. Well, that's the thing we need to talk about, because this is not going to be a usual, obviously, this is kind of an experiment. Uh, First time doing. we've ever done anything exactly. like this. And so, uh, if you're going to watch the movie along with us, you're going to have to sync it up. And I didn't realize until putting in this Criterion Edition DVD that I have, that there's a Criterion logo before the Hollywood Studios logo, so you know, in order to sync this up... Right, we have it paused right as the Hollywood Studios logo is coming up. It's in silhouette. For our disc, it's 13 seconds, but I'm guessing on streaming, it's like three or four seconds in, uh, because this Criterion logo is really screwing up the, the timestamp here. So, it might be a little tough to sync. But what we're gonna do is periodically in post, I'll I'll put this the audio of the movie in the background so yeah. you can hear the, where we're at and sync it up. Uh, obviously can't put too much on there without getting pulled down for DMCA violations. But, you know, every 15 minutes uh, in post, I'll pull up the audio. I mean, obviously... And you'll probably do a lot of Nicolas Cage just for me. I'll do what whenever we've got... I'll I'll, I'll save it for when we've got gaps. That's the other thing. I mean, before we get started in the like movie... Rocky and Adrian gaps? Well, yeah, this commentary track will have gaps. And it's going to be up to me in post to fill the gaps. All right, fair enough. But, um, yeah, since this is the first time we're doing this, there might be periods where we're not talking much. We're going to be watching the movie, and we're going to be talking over it. Hopefully we're talking enough so that if you aren't able to watch the movie along with us or don't want to, it'll, we'll still be talking enough that it'll be entertaining. Entertaining, But, I mean, it's a commentary track, so it's possible we'll, we'll have some silences. So <laughs> this, you know. could, this could be like the segment uh, for oh, the prison movie that we did that you designed the prison escape game that i i don't know if you ever put it up on youtube that you were oh, yeah. so so defeated <laughs> i put it up on youtube when i accidentally escaped well, i mean that was that was a failed experiment for me but it was a, su- a successful experiment for you that was more adversarial you are no here. warden drum ghoul for sure well here we're locked in the same prison together the prison of this commentary <laughs> track so you're all locked in here with us and lo- lockup was the name of that movie how could i forget that all right. right i'm i'm excited i'm very this was my pick so that's all i'll add to this we um we're trying to come up with some different ideas for bonus episodes, and we determined to try and do two of these commentary tracks. You got one pick. I got one. Mine went first, and I chose. I I, gave, I did both of us. We each gave each other a list of five and let the other pick from that list of five. Yeah. And The Rock was on my list of five that uh, that you selected. Right. And then the next one we'll reveal at the, at the end of this commentary. Yeah. But for now, I don't know if there's anything more to talk about. We, I mean, we'll obviously... Have more to say when the I'm movie starts. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to watch The Rock. Yeah, hopefully this will be fun. But uh, so anyway, we've got again. It's paused at. It's just a silhouette of the Hollywood Studios logo, the Sphinx with the moon or whatever behind it. So I'm gonna count three, two, one, go, and then go, hit play, and then uh, I gotta figure out how this works. If if the movie audio is ahead of us, you want to give the movie a pause play, and if we're ahead of the movie, you want to give our audio a pause play just to get us in sync. Um, you'll figure it out. <laughs> Look, you know, this is more complicated than our, our normal podcast, but, uh, we're all figuring this out together. So, all right. Uh, all right. So should we get started? Yes. Let's get in. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. Good speed. <laughs> You're just <laughs> that, jumping right in. Huh? That's really what, that's really what you should have said is three, two, one, good speed. <laughs> 
but that's a two-syllable word. Come on, it's hard enough to sync things up. Fair enough. So should we just immediately say how awesome the score is, like, right from the start? It's pretty awesome. This is Hans Zimmer, and uh, it's this is... This is one of this is before he turned into just like every score of mine is a single notes just played over and over. <laughs> like I like the Dark Knight music, but that like that it gets old after a while. This is this stuff has melody, and I I, I love this period of Hans Zimmer. Uh, and I I can't I can't tell you how much I am going to enjoy discussing a Nicolas Cage movie, which is difficult for me to probably say those words. Yeah, we kind of covered this in the last episode, but, uh, well, it's on record you're not a fan of Nicolas Cage. Would you say this is your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Yes, hands down. What is your top five? Oh, top five. I don't even know why. All right, so top five. This That's a great title card there. I love this, like, you know, I mean, it's kind of cliched, but... Everything about this, because you got the opening sequence with, you know, the, the flag, ceremony, you know, for the, the funeral and this... Yeah, uh, it's a great opening. So I didn't mean to interrupt, but you know, this is going to happen. Things are going to happen on screen, and I, yeah. I'm going to want to comment on it. Uh, so top five, Nicolas Cage. All right, so The Rock, I think, is easily number one. I put Leaving Las Vegas, probably number two. I st- I've, never, I've never seen that. Really? And, uh, I should probably see that, yeah. And, and so I, it is a good performance by him. It's a great performance by Elizabeth Shue. Uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit I enjoy Snake Eyes. I've never seen that either. Really? Yeah. Uh... Uh, it's probably a pretty big drop off then on Nicolas Cage. I I don't know if I, I don't you know don't like Face Off. Yeah, I I do like Face Off. I guess maybe in my head for some reason that's more of a Travolta movie, but that's not fair because it, it's really both of them. He's the hero early. in most of it. Yeah. So and when he's the villain, he's awesome. I love him as Caster well, Troy. When he is the when he is Caster Troy, and it's not Travolta, it really is Caster Troy. Yeah. He is the better of the two. I would move Face Off up above. I, that would probably be my number three. I still like Leaving Las Vegas better. Uh, <laughs> you're struggling. Yeah, it's uh, Peggy, Peggy, Peggy Sue got married. No, I hate raising Arizona. Uh, I haven't seen that in forever. It's it's easily my least, and it's not here. Yeah, it's actually my least favorite Coen Brothers movie. I do not like raising Arizona. Sean Connery was an executive producer. Apparently, I never knew that. I I, I was so focused. <laughs> there we go. We got the salute I, from uh, Ed Harris here, and Ed Harris. Uh, honestly, almost everybody other than William Forsythe. I'm, I'm not really buying him as FBI, but David sure. Morse, like he he was a name that I knew, and I you probably knew, but most people there's no way they knew who he was. There's, I didn't know his name at the time. I know it now. Oh really? No, I I did. He I don't think on, I had seen him in anything. We've talked about this, but the main reason I did is my mom watched the show Saint Elsewhere, and I knew him from that. Okay, that, that's the main reason why. I'm pretty sure this is where I first saw him. But this is great, like having Ed Harris's character be sympathetic right off the bat. Right, right out of the get go. Real smart. And the the thing is, we we've discussed this is that for you for action movies in particular, but movies in general, if you're going to have an antagonist as part of it, the villain has to be a believable and good villain. And then when you put it when it goes over the top, is when you get a great actor to play that villain, and you get all of that with Ed Harris in this, and you immediately, as you said. You make him sympathetic. There, there is no clear line. He is not, he's not Billy Zane in Titanic, right? He's not some mustache twirling, tying somebody down a railroad track. Yeah. There's a part of you that wants wants Ed Harris to come out on top in this movie, right? Well, and the fact that I mean and that can be fun having the really evil guy. It can, but, but not th- uh, this, this movie is more grounded in reality than than those types of action movies. It, I mean, it's it's. It's walking a tightrope and doing it well. Like it's it's some of this stuff is pretty crazy. I mean, I, you may 
I mean, I it, it's uh, I guess maybe I'm I don't remember how like over the top this movie gets. I, I seem I mean, to remember. I don't know the if it's rocket, realistic. The Rocket but. Man is a little over the top. There's John McGinley. Yeah, that, that's what I'm seeing. Is like everybody in this. Yeah, it's a star-studded cast, especially in hindsight. Uh, you've got uh, well, you've got uh, Bokeem Woodbine. This might have been his first role, and I, I'll tell you right now. I know you haven't seen all of Fargo, Fargo season two because you quit midway through. I, I absolutely he is that is one of my favorite TV characters and TV performances of all time. As him as Mike Milligan, I have a hard time taking him seriously. What was the movie with Mark Wahlberg where they were hitmen? Uh, from like the late nineties, early two thousands. Was it the big hit? Yes, the big hit. The big hit is not a good movie. That's such a bad movie. It his, is, it's like ninety nine. It's it's a few years after this. And his character is nothing but masturbation jokes. I don't remember that. Oh. I think John Leguizamo is in that too, and I'm not the Maybe. hugest Leguizamo fan. I like him in John Wick, but that's very small doses. So yeah. Oh, I like that. I didn't realize because I've been actually having a conversation with you. It's weird we have to remember that there's a movie happening. Yeah. Uh, I like that you've got the subtitles turned on as well, so it'll make it a little bit easier. Here yeah. For I just me. I just turned them on. Just I figured it'd be since we're talking. Well, the closed captioning, I'd say, rather than actual subtitles. I was worried that as I turned them on, my PC would do something crazy and we'd lose the sync, but so, so far so good. Uh, so speaking of John McGinley, give me your favorite John, maybe top three John <laughs> McGinley roles. Roles? I should say John C. Excuse me. Sure. Roles or performances? I don't care. I really like him in Scrubs. Although the the farther away from Scrubs I, I get, the less I like the show. Okay. I love him in Scrubs. Uh, I mean, he's great in Platoon, obviously. Please tell me Office Space is on that list. I don't think of him when I think of Office Space. Oh, really? He's, I mean, he's one of the Bobs, so he's probably my favorite part yeah, of that I mean, movie. I, he's, I'd be, I'd have to look at a list because he's been in so many movies. I'm sure there would be things that I forget. Well, of course, Wall, Wall Street is right near the top for me. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I'm not as big a Wall Street fan as you are. I've maybe seen it three times. Like and I'm, what's funny is that now that we're watching this, I forgot he was in this. Oh, sure. There, I mean, you know, between him and uh, uh, David Morse and. Uh, um, Names I'm terrible at them. The Terminator. Uh, we just you just said his name, Cal Ter- Reese. Oh, Michael Bean. Michael Bean. I mean, just small parts. Right. Uh, it's a, I mean, it's a great cast. It really is. And yeah. some of it, some of them are you know people before they became more famous. Like, um, yeah. you know, David Morse. For most people, probably wasn't a Tony, household name. Tony Todd is in this. Yep. Like almost Ed Harris's whole crew is guys you at least recognize. Like, oh, I've seen him and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean Michael Bay. Yeah. It, <laughs> we should we should have that conversation. Yeah, we might as well. Oh, actually, before we get there, this this is a rough moment. Yeah, it is. What happens to this guy? I guess this is where these. It seems like this in the opening where I'm saying I guess it's a realistic in terms of like there there's like a real price and consequence. Yeah, there's real stakes. You're th- th- that I totally agree with. Because this is not. Yeah, this is not like. Cartoon. I mean, yeah, some pathos here, some right. genuine, you know, emotion. And David Morris is awesome as always. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, that's a great performance, right there. Both of these guys. Yeah. Like, and this sells the, the stakes of the rest of the movie. That this is what this gas can do, and this, right. they're gonna they're threatening to shoot it at, at San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this this. I, I don't even know who wrote this screenplay, but I... Well, because we didn't do the credits we didn't. for this week. We said, oh, we'd be watching the credits, but then we were talking over the credits and didn't actually pay attention. Oh, uh, and there's Stanley Goodspeed. There he is. With his Rube Goldberg. Now, I am a... I wouldn't call myself a big fan of Nicolas Cage, but I like Nicolas Cage. 
I know, so, because uh, you're very excited about the concept of a Nicolas Cage movie portraying himself. I don't know if I'd say excited, but I have to see that movie. Why? That you... was announced recently that he's going to be in a movie playing himself. Why do you have to see that movie? Adaptation is a great movie. I love that movie, and it sounds like something like that. So I'm guessing that's in you. So then let me turn the tables back around on you. What's your top five Nicolas Cage? My number one Nicolas Cage movie is, I know you haven't seen this, it's Vampire's Kiss. No, I don't love know. that movie. It is hilarious. It's I don't know what you'd think of it, but I think it's a brilliant movie. <laughs> okay. Then probably this, then Face Off. Uh, We've established you haven't seen Snake Eyes or Leaving Las Vegas. No. Um, I like uh, um, the David Lynch movie uh, um, in the early 90s. Drawing a blank on the movie name. No, I don't uh, know that one. I'm, I don't know Lynch's film. It's him, it's him and uh, uh, Pink Hair Lady from Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is really broken when it comes to people's names. I'm a big fan what, of hers. Is that Laura Dern? Laura Dern, yes. Okay. I should have gone with Jurassic Park, but no, Pink Hair Lady Thank from Dren- Actually, you know what I think about it, That would have helped a lot. This is my how my brain works. I I could Pink not hair lady instead of I, Jurassic Park. I love Laura Dern. I think she's an incredible actor. I I couldn't remember her name. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, uh, Wild at Heart. I'd put that four maybe. Okay. And I I like uh, uh, put the bunny in the box. Oh, uh, Con Air. Con Air's all right. Uh, what what's the one uh, our mutual our mutual oh, ad- adaptation needs to go in the top five. So okay. I'll knock out Con Air. Thank you. <laughs> Our our mutual friend would insist that is it Thunder Thunderbirds? What is it? Thunderhawks, yeah, the, the, the helicopter movie, yeah, the, 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 the helicopter movie. That's what I need. He would insist that that needs to be in. In I bet you that's in his top five. Yeah, and gone in sixty seconds. Yeah, I know that would is. be in his top five. That's like, that, I haven't seen that in a long time. I don't know if that holds up. I I didn't think it was good at the time. Yeah, Scott Kahn was probably my favorite part of that movie, and he's he's not in it that much, but I just enjoy Scott Kahn yeah, for some reason. I didn't hate that movie. I could do without this scene. Uh yeah, but I get it. It it has to establish his expertise, and because you do pretty much have him just getting berated by Connery, like basically, why are you here? The yeah, but you can just. I mean, the the, the military guy has basically explained his credentials anyway, right? So I don't do. know if you need it. But I, I, I don't. I, I think I don't like this his coworker here. This this idiot who's with him. Yeah, and I that actor guy. I know from some stuff, but I can't think of what I know him from. Yeah, I don't know. He's a comic actor. This is the beginning of Michael Bay kind of... He likes to cast kind of comic actors in... Serious, more in, serious roles. Not necessarily serious roles, but in action movies to be like... The comic part, relief. Comic yeah. relief. Yeah. Also, a lot of... He loves casting actors who were in Coen Brothers movies. Like, that's the weird thing about Michael Bay, and I think this is the movie where it works, and it probably destroyed the rest of his career. He cast actors that he thinks are going to be good at improvising moments... Because I think most of the great moments between Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery are improvised, or like a lot of them. Probably. And then he's like, oh, that's just how you make an action movie. And, was, and also Bad Boys, I'm sure, was like that, too. With the, uh, that, I would almost guarantee I'm with sure, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Yeah. I'm sure he just let them riff. But then the rest of his movies are underwritten because he's just like, well, it's, that's the actor's job to hey, fill in these gaps. Shia LaBeouf can do this. Right, exactly. No, he can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, But in this movie, it works. <laughs> I, you know, so that that's one of my favorite Nicolas Cage lines, though. Just before, get that away from me. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's so great. It's because it's from the POV of the other guy. Yes. That's what makes it so funny. <laughs> that's the thing is, I think Nicolas Cage is 
funnier than you're giving him credit for. I think he he knows he's funny. He's Arnold-esque in that way, and I don't think you give him enough credit. Put the money I, back in the box. He knows that's that's silly. That's an Arnold-esque line. I am not going to dignify that. That <laughs> Nicholas Cage is not Arnold-esque. I think he is. He's so, the Amer- he's the American Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage is the American Arnold Schwarzenegger. Going on a limb. Can you uh, can you critique by the, his, by the way, his I'm, guitar I'm, playing here? He's just playing one chord and plucking at it. There's nothing really to critique. I should I should point out I'm drinking beer. I, I'll occasionally have a beer when we're doing podcasting, but I'm going to be getting up and getting multiple beers. So possibility that I will be super drunk by the end of this, we'll see. <laughs> I did like the close captioning, which had plucks discordant note. It's accurate. I uh, forgot about the stuff that he's a Beatle maniac. Uh, I, I forgot it as well. I remember the delivery of the record, but I, I bet you if you would have asked me going into this, if I remember there was the Beatles, I wouldn't have. Yeah, does that come back? I don't remember it coming back in any way. I guess we'll find out. You would think there would be some sort of joke with Sean Connery being, you know, the the other lead in this. There would be some time, but I don't think there is. I don't think it comes back. Oh, okay. So who is this actress? I forget her name. Uh, Vanessa Marcel. She was a soap opera star, I think, Days of Our Lives. Okay. She was on it for a number of years before this. She did a few movies, but not really a ton of stuff. This is probably the what I remember her most from. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen her in anything else. Uh, I actually think she's good. She has literally nothing to do. Yeah. It's kind of a shame that... I mean, it, she's there to be a character that Nicolas Cage cares about. Oh, I forgot it. This is a funny moment. Gosh, a lot has happened since then. Um, <laughs> but she only existed so that well, Nicholas Cage has a personal stake. She has, he doesn't want her to die because in, in San Francisco. Yeah. But here's the thing: is that it also sets up that he's going to have that beige Volvo, which is maybe months. True. <laughs> Wait till we get there. We're doing. You know, I guess we've already spoiled about Volvo. Talk about it when it happens. We're. <laughs> We're like an hour and a half from Can that. you tell? I want to get past Nicolas Cage. I want to get right to Sean Connery oh, in this is movie. Important character building stuff. Because he's, you know what? He, you th- he's going to be a father. I mean, even so, uh, I'm of course going to blank out on the actor's name, but he's come up on other episode, other movies that we've done. Uh, FBI Director Womack. Womack, yes. I mean, that, and like everybody in this movie, even the people who don't have huge roles, they're like, that guy, I've seen him. He's awesome, yeah. right? Yeah, he is good in this. And there's Bokeem Woodbine. Yeah. I do think it's probably his first movie. Could be. This Park Ranger is a very Michael Bay character. Yes. This, like, one sock rolled up uh, kind of... That and a little bit the, uh, the the trolley operator is a little bit... <laughs> yeah, but I like that guy. I like him, too, I, but it, that's that's very Michael Bay. Let's wait. But, I mean, this, this, this kind guy, of... This guy, you're right. You know, it's flamboyant awesome in a way. scum in America. <laughs> he loves these kinds of flamboyant characters... This is not so bad. Like other movies, like a character like this will just overwhelm the movie for a couple of minutes in a Michael Bay movie. So the the Ranger Bob, I think that's what it should, it should be forever referred to as the Ranger Bob. Sure, okay. Now the 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 other two guys, those must just be stuntmen because I don't think I've recognized those yeah, guys in anything. It's like Stone Cold looking dude. Yeah. Maybe it is what? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Why didn't they have to get in the cells? How come they were just wandering around free? They just wandered away from the group. Well, because. <laughs> that guy, <laughs> that guy's awesome. Hall of Fame one-line characters. That, that guy, you, he's in the team photo. Yeah. Um, what, no, because Ranger Bob invites them. You, I don't think you have to. You're invited. So okay. Ed Harris just decides. No, I don't think so. Ranger Bob. 
Or actually, I, we talked over it. Tour's over, Bob. That's right. such a great line. Yeah. <laughs> and this dude, the, who is eventually like uh, kind of the main villain in the end, yeah. the, the uh, mercenaries see, get paid. No, that's Tony Todd, the other, the kind of oh, smaller the, guy, the, the, the shorter guy. guy. I've seen him in stuff too. I don't know his name. I don't know his name. You're right. I've seen him in stuff, but I don't know if I could remember without looking up. He's in Shawshank, I think, with the, the David Morse. Maybe it's just because of David Morse, something in that. No, that would be the Green Mile. David Morse is in a Green Mile. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. So he may be in the Green Mile. I don't know it as well as Shawshank. Oh, right. The the Kurgan is the guy in uh, Shawshank. Yeah. That actor. Clancy uh, Clancy Clancy Brown. Brown, Yes. All right. So we've got the VX uh, rockets being being set up on Alcatraz. And so I have you ever been to San Francisco? I've never been to San Francisco. So I've had to uh, go a few few years in a row for work. I have been multiple times and I've been around a lot of the city. I've never been to Alcatraz, though. Hmm. And there's a part of me that actually is like, I feel like I'm missing out that having loved this movie, it's like I really should do the Alcatraz tour. I don't know. This movie wasn't filmed there, right? I wouldn't think so. Uh, I mean, maybe portions. Oh, I think portions of it. Abs- exteriors. Were, yeah. Exteriors and they're, I think this, I, yeah, I mean, this I haven't read this stuff, I think. Uh, you think so? I would have, I would think so. I, I don't know. Well, I was going to say, I, 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 I think it's excusable to not go to Alcatraz because it seems like a hassle just to get out there for a, you know, to see yeah, a to tourist attraction. You could see 10 other tourist attractions in the time it takes you to oh, well, take a boat out to Alcatraz. No, and- you're right. But having now gone, I, I think it's it's definitely two, and it might be three years in a row. It, it's like at some point, I've seen most of this stuff. I should like carve out like an hour or two to go, yeah. to, go to Alcatraz. Stay at easy, man. I don't, I don't remember this, some of this stuff as much as I feel like I should have or should. From Major Baxter and well, this is kind of they're laying out their plan. Back yeah. to Tet 68. Likewise for Captain Hendricks. God, Ed, Ed Harris just really finds the like perfect lane storm. for this character. Like he's tough and he's a, he's this is my first operational situation. He's not too sympathetic. No. To like you could really it would be a danger to go the other way. Thank you, he uh he, he certainly has it where precision and audacity. He he's got the intensity. I mean Ed Harris almost always brings the intensity, but I think he has the right level of intensity right. for this role. He's clearly a military man, but he also has this camaraderie with his guys. He's yeah. not hes not overbearing. He's got, you know, a real relationship. It's not just, I'm giving you orders and barking right. at you. It's not its not the dude from Full Metal Jacket. Exactly. He has real, like, warmth to him. Yeah, he does, and he's even, I mean, even though the actions that he's taking, I, I 100% believe he is a man of integrity. I know there's mm-hmm. a contradiction there. Yeah. But I think he believes that this is this is the right thing because he's been left with no other options. I believe Ed Harris sells he's a man of integrity, a hundred percent. It comes through in every scene he's in, even, all the way up until the end. Yeah. Even when you think he's the villain, yep. you can tell that he's he has that integrity. Yeah, you're right. And that, that dude in the back kind of looked like uh, um, not Vin Diesel, uh, British guy, the transporter. Oh, uh, Jason Statham? Jason Statham, yeah. When they go oh. to the other shot. There's a guy in the back who looks like <laughs> Jason Statham. Talk about... So you want to talk about then get, getting away from what I said. Of, that guy's in this. I forgot he's in this. Ding oh. Chavez uh, from Breaking oh, Bad. From, yeah. Uh, tu- Tuco, Tuco yes. Salamanca. Yeah, everyone's in this. Tight, Sorry, what were you saying? Try not to interrupt. No, Things happen on screens. You're right. And I'm glad you did because I would have been remiss to have not pointed out that Tuco isn't in this. Because what's funny is when I first saw Breaking Bad, I'm like, it's the guy from The Rock. That's all. I'm sure he did other stuff in between. I didn't know him from anything else other than The Rock. Well, Clear and Present Danger. That's what I knew him from. He's the sniper. I forgot about that. Sniper Jafit. 
That was an this option. Movie, this movie does have every, like, there's a million. There's FBI, yeah. FBI Director Womack. How's your bowling arm? Don't jump ahead. Why? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see it soon. You don't I, have to quote the movie I we're watching. Be <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you can tell he's he's totally, he's got a different demeanor when he's dealing with Womack. Yeah. Than he does with the re- with, his, it, it with his all, men. It all feels in character. And the, it's a great performance. Giving them the middle initial of X, that is a nice touch. Sure. Whether it was written or not. Xavier, I would assume. Yeah. It's the only name that could be. And this is what I, I... When you go through his list of medals, and you don't need to say any of the others when he said, this man's a hero. Yes, he won the Congressional Medal of Honor. We've, I think I've talked about this on one episode. Like, this guy, this man's a hero. Yes, anybody who has won the Medal of Honor, I shouldn't say won, who has been awarded the Medal of Honor, they are beyond a hero. So all the other well, stuff... He doesn't say Medal of Honor, he says Medal of Jesus. So maybe that's a different thing. In here? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Because he, he cuts himself up. He cuts himself up. Congressional Medal of Jesus. So maybe that's a different thing. Maybe he didn't actually win the Medal of Honor. He won the Medal of Jesus. You're not, you're not into my theory. I, I am in your, your theory, but... <laughs> I also like this, that he's got one of his, his general buddies, and he's smoking his guy. Yeah. How you doing, Al? Yeah, this is good. And he tells this little guy to, to keep quiet. <laughs> yeah. We never even admitted. <laughs> you beat him by three seconds. Yeah. Well done. It is a pretty important job he's got. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting now, look, watching this, that the president is not part of this yeah. meeting. Like terrorists take over Alcatraz and threaten San Francisco with VX gas, the president would be in this meeting. I, I, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I'm sure it's just because they didn't want to I don't remember commit the... to having a cast a president and no... Well, no, because you get a president later because he oh, authorizes the yeah. VX. So you're I right. don't remember because now we've gone past and since we're sinking, we can't go back. They may have a line of dialogue in here that explains why he's not here, that he's like on Air Force One. They, they may have something that explains why the president isn't here for this. But later he does because the green smoke, which I use all the time, he's the one who authorizes. Yeah, you're right. How does what? This is yes. the most difficult decision. <laughs> How does one right. weigh human uh, life? Airstrike approved. Yeah. Yes. We'll get what there. they really need is they needed the president from clear and present danger, and you know that. That guy should have been the president in every movie. Yeah. How dare you come in here and bark at me like a junkyard, junkyard dog? dog. I do love the uh, the tuxedo too. I forgot about this. That the FBI director was clearly like on his way to the opera or something when he gets the call and he has to go to sure. the, yeah. the the situation room in a tuxedo. But this is a lesson that modern action movies need to learn. We, we got a little bit of an action scene where they steal the gas in the first you know five minutes, but it was just basically them like overrunning this base. Yeah. Like it's not really an action scene. It's no. it's we're twenty three minutes into this movie and. There's yet to be an action. This is all yeah. set up and the story. Oh, yeah, men in rooms talking about the, you know setting up the story. It's it's like this is important for action movies to actually you know set up the stakes properly. Yeah, it's like very few action movies that do you're this invested these that, days. That's yeah, the, that's the problem. In the end of the day, you need to be you know emotionally involved, and a lot of action movies forget that they're just no, like explosions and you know whatever. It's, how much CGI can we jam in and? How much fight choreography can we jam in? I mean, that's that seems yeah. to be what the the formula is. And sometimes I want that, and sometimes that works. But of course, I mean, yeah. Given what our podcast is about, like we're not opposed to action scenes and explosions. I'm just, I'm just kind of watching this, kind of amazed. I, you know, I'm obviously never, I never really thought about it, but like, yeah, we're we're twenty three, twenty four minutes mm-hmm. in, not a major action scene, and yet. you still got a little ways to go because you still have to go 
We've got uh, to set up Sean Connery. You got to set up Sean Connery. You have to get good speed there. So yeah. you, we probably, I bet you have another 15 minutes at least before we probably get to the first real action we'll sequence. We'll see. I'll check the timeline when yeah. we get there. Oh, and uh, oh, Philip Baker Hall's in this. That's right. <laughs> wow. This really is it, amazing. It, Yeah. I, for, I totally, I mean, because he does have one kind of, uh, this This guy's my age. I have to get them, like, I don't <laughs> right. know if he says five times just to take a piss. Yeah. It's a very small part. It's like his only scene, really. Yeah, this, I, think it, I think it's coming up. Yeah, the, so they, they say like we've got one other option, and that's where they go to that. Yeah, I think because I think he's CIA is what he is. Uh, and it's time for Michael Bean. Who else would you get to play a Navy SEAL? Comedy smash cut. Always works. <laughs> Peach sorbet persuasion is what I believe it the, the line is here from Nicolas Cage. That's that feels like an ad lib. That seems like a thing. Probably. I can't imagine that would be in a screenplay. Well, I well, we don't know who wrote the screenplay. It that's wouldn't true. be in a Shane Black screenplay, that's for sure. We should look up who wrote the screenplay. It's the FBI. Well, before the action starts, I'm going to get up and get a beer, and while I'm walking to the Uh-oh. fridge, I'm going to look up who wrote the, scre- the screenplay for this movie. He's leaving me to to handle this by myself. I'm going to... I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Well, especially... At least you could have left me... This is this is the frustrating thing. This is probably one of the least important scenes in the movie, uh, as well as maybe the least interesting. You, you know, you could have left, or he could have walked away on something like, I don't know, Sean Connery's introduction... Or the trolley scene where when I'm carrying it by myself, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm very excited. This, there's not really much. Stanley's having a fight with Vanessa Marcel, and he's got a phone call because he needs to go into the office. Why do you think I got up at this time? So it's probably <laughs> true. To talk about. You left me with the garbage. You covered me very well. Though. But we, we do know that Stanley Goodspeed is the FBI's best chemical biological weapons man, which I'm not sure why that would fall under the FBI, by the way. Uh, I mean... Counterterrorism would would I mean, make sense. I be, I guess I believe counterterrorism. I just I guess I don't wouldn't have thought at that time and even today that they have the crime labs and stuff. Like I, I believe that All he right. would be you know a chemical expert at who works yeah, at guess. some FBI crime lab. Now I I jumped ahead, so now we get Michael Bean. Who else would you get to play a Navy SEAL? I wrote, I wrote in Google The Rock IMDb and it took me to Dwayne Johnson. Of course it did. Yeah, why? I, I, I don't know why I'm surprised, but I was. Uh, I clicked the wrong thing. I didn't even pay attention. I just clicked the top link and went, oh, wait, nope. Yeah, Michael Bean, he hadn't done much between no. the Terminator, well, between aliens, I'd say, in this. We well, did Navy SEALs. That's right. I never seen Navy SEALs. That's the reason why I'm saying who else would you go get to sure. be a Navy SEAL than Michael Bean? <laughs> they just they just looked at his uh, you know, his they looked his at the CV ca- and they went, looked oh. at the cast. Wait a minute, who was in Navy SEALs? Could you Yeah, let's go get Michael Bean. Right here we go. On, on his resume, it said Navy SEALs, and I bet his headshot was him in a Navy SEAL like outfit. <laughs> it probably was. Here we go. Here's, Here's the scene. here is the scene. <laughs> Thirty three years. Womack is smart. He he should not let Sean Connery out. He'd rather let millions of people die in San Francisco. <laughs> well, IMDb's... He hits the streets. 
Anyway, there. there. <laughs> oh, it had it in quotes in the in the subtitles. Yes. Quote hit the streets. Unquote. I am. It's the only three times a night. You thought You're it was right. five. Sorry. He's not that old. Give him. Give uh, Phil Baker Hall some credit. Only three times a night. <laughs> the, this the is old, a great intro. It the, is. the cinematography, the way he's like in shadow, a lot of this, and like extreme close-up. So what, I, and it, it falls into what you have said, is that you want a great introduction. for If you're in an action movie, you want a Jack Slater-type introduction for your hero, and you definitely get it with Sean Connery in this. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I like... It's, it's basically a riff on Bond, right? He yeah. obviously, you know... Known for being Bond, and this character is essentially Bond if he got caught. Yeah. So it's 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 great casting. I wonder if they wrote it with him in mind. That that would be interesting. They wrote it like a Bond esque character. Yeah. That if effectively we're just going to ignore Roger Moore and beyond, and Bond was just captured by the Americans yeah. and put in prison. It's a great idea for a movie. I mean, he's obviously only one piece of it, but uh, here I've got the so. This movie was a story by David Weisberg and Douglas Cook with a screenplay. David Weisberg, Douglas Cook, and Mark Rosner. I've never heard of any of those people. No, I don't know any of them. Well, so the in- introduction is great, and I think that definitely the the difference between Cage and Connery is somewhat of what makes the movie work. But John Patrick, Captain John Patrick Mason, yeah. General, I mean... Having him basically be, we can't use James Bond because we don't have the rights, but effectively, I think the audience can, if there are movie fans, can fill in that backstory. I think it's it's great that you don't need that much backstory for him because you've already used up a lot of the screen time of this movie before you even introduce him to try and get even more would bog it down too much. I love that you can almost just shortcut and say, yeah, it's, it's if Bond had a daughter in the United States, but it's James Bond, basically. Right. Well, in the books, Bond had a child. I don't remember if it was a daughter or a son. But, oh, uh, that I didn't know. That's that's a th- real thing. So, Never got caught, though. Here is probably my only criticism. I do not believe William Forsythe as a as an FBI agent. I think he's fine in this. Really? Nice, you he know, seems let, let like him a hood. A good, let him play a good guy once in a while. One role out of ten where but he's playing he a law enforcement. he seems like a hood. No, I mean, there are plenty of law, law enforcement types who carry themselves like criminals. <laughs> These, you know, I'm, I'm going to try treat it like a gang in and of itself. Like th- these guys exist. I'm going to tell you in the interrogation, the some of the delivery he has it's like a hood. So I'm, I'm waiting. I, I'm going to try and pay attention and point that's out just, the line. That's that, just the way William Forsythe talks. I like. I mean, he's 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 portrayed as kind of overly tough. You know, like his his method doesn't work, and so Goodspeed's got to Goodspeed step uses in. his, which just give him whatever he wants. It works. There's, there's a lot of stake. Why, you still got a little lead left in your pencil? Womack, why am I not surprised? This uh, this implied uh, backstory between Womack and Mason, it really helps. Because, I mean, until the ending, they're separated, so you don't need to have this, but it adds a little flavor to this. It does. It's really nice. For another three decades, I don't know anything about your previous matters. I'm here because a special situation exists. That wig is maybe not the best. (laughs) What are you talking about? He just goes and gets a haircut. That's his hair. A little bit. Quit jumping ahead. We're going to see it in a second. Keep jumping ahead. I'm not sure if I believe that uh, Goodspeed would know all of these, uh, that he would know all these references were wrongfully imprisoned. 
He's just a well-educated person. You know, he's got a doctorate, presumably. He, in you know, he does. He says from Johns Hopkins, which right. is a very prestigious. Yeah, Sol- Solzhenitsyn is maybe a little obscure. <laughs> a stretch. And I'll tell you, I don't know if I would have been able to say that if the subtitles weren't up right there. Yeah, see, so, like that, I don't buy that. He's he's a well-educated, you know, just because you no, and I wouldn't know who Solzhenitsyn no, 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 is. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not buying Forsyth in this. That's oh, all. gotcha. That's my, and it, it's a my. It's not like he's terrible. I, it's, that's my one casting. I'm not sure I agree with. But I think his his role is to be the like very stereotypical tough law enforcement guy. I'm going to try and intimidate you, and it doesn't work because you can't intimidate John right. Patrick Mason, who's been in prison for 33 right. years and was, I mean, prior to that, a secret agent, and <laughs> I'm sure interrogated by who knows who. Yes. He knows who killed Kennedy, so, you know, he, he was right. involved in some crazy stuff. <laughs> and I have stayed at the Fairmont Hotel, by the way. Yeah. I think I texted you and our mutual friend, Chris, when my trip to San Francisco, that's what they chose. And I, of course... Oh, yes, I do remember this. I think I, I took a, of my room can and a suite at the Fairmont Hotel. I asked you if you got room service. Yes, you did. That's, I, you I, should I, have I, asked me how... how How's your bowling arm? Is what you should have asked. I, when we get there, I want to. There's there's stuff about that scene that I just absolutely adore. It's interesting. I, I only just noticed this time how obvious it is that that close up of the quarter is an oversized quarter. Oh, I didn't. I didn't recognize that. It's, yeah, this for every reason. Looking at it this time, it's just yeah. That's that's like the quarter looked like it was a foot tall. <laughs> I will admit for this sequence, this is this is probably my favorite Nicolas Cage of all time. Hi, I'm a agent with the Federal Bureau. We're gonna see it in a second. You keep just, well, you we, we we all know that you know this movie, Mike. You don't need to prove it. All right, it's clear that you know it. No, this is what I'm saying: is Nicolas Cage is funny. He, I think a lot of the times he's <laughs> Connery's reaction. His reaction is so good. And actually, the, yeah. Oh, yeah, Womack. But of course, you're oh, it's such a great line. Yeah, it's like it's like the scene from the producers where everyone's jaws dropped because the play is so bad. <laughs> but I, but I enjoy. I think Forsyth is important to set this up because he he is so on the one side trying to intimidate, and then here's Stanley Goodspeed who has no idea what he's doing and. It's obvious, he's pretending. He's, he's play acting. You know, he's trying to act the part of the tough FBI agent I, and I, failing totally. And you need the contrast. I agree with you. You need the contrast. I'm I'm not disagreeing with that. Uh, it it the scene works though is because of Connery. It, it, whoever you could have had anybody play the tough FBI agent trying to strong arm him. That doesn't work. I guess that's what sure. I'm saying. You could have had anybody. And would have been more believable. And I'm not saying you could have got, and I don't even know, actually, Russell Crowe. Yeah, so you could have had, now he wouldn't have been a named actor at that point, but I would have rather had, I believe, somebody more like that. Williams Forsyth, he he doesn't, he seems like a street tough. He doesn't seem like a tough cop. That's all I'm saying. I I have no problem with him in this movie. (laughs) There you go. Explains it. That's exactly what I said. An educated man. Well, point of fact. <laughs> that time I didn't know you were quoting ahead of time. I thought you were about to correct me. No, I was like, oh, what, what's no. what's your point? Point of fact, he is a field agent. 
I always do kind of laugh at Mortal Kombat because I cannot not think of yeah. the video game yeah. Mortal Kombat. Is this before or after the movie came out? It was the same year, I think. Right around the same. I kind of, I kind of like would like a mashup of the Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat, Sean Connery doing sure. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but the way he says that, I don't know if you could. Make no, that what work. I'm saying is, I would like to hire Sean Connery to. Oh, yeah, good luck. Do, I, of course <laughs> you can, but the idea of it is amusing to me. You could probably take that clip and try it, but it wouldn't work that well. I do like the, the grunge thing. It, it probably hasn't aged that well. No, but. that's the one thing is that that dates the movie, unfortunately. It does. Not, I mean, not to the point where it ruins it, but it does date the movie a little bit. But the movie is set in the 90s, so I, I think sometimes it's good to date a movie to put it in context. Yeah, because it, it's not trying to establish or that it needs to be timeless so you're probably right and that's okay it's as long as it's not a reference to a thing that becomes obscure like grunge people still know what grunge was and you know you mean like it's not like i was watching herman's head the television I, show i was using myspace right, the exactly. other day <laughs> now, really it's just fun to be able to have sean connery so you can try and do a sean connery in, is really in, in 95 would have been like prodigy or I, something yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> might have been uh, i was using instant well instant messenger It's really amazing to see it written out like that. Yes. I've never, I never would have guessed that's how it's spelled. Right. I would have thought it was two names, not I, a single I, name. I do love this when he looks. Womack. Oh, he's so angry. The push in is great. Yes. <laughs> give, he kind of seems like a hippie with, <laughs> with the long hair. Give Michael Bay credit for that push in. That That's what sells a lot of that. It, Womack. It, it does, right? He is so. So furious. Yeah. It's like that is the worst person in the of anybody that could have been on the other side of that class. Yeah. He's so furious. Who's Carla? He's gonna say it in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you bro- you've proven your bona fides. You don't need to keep doing that. Oh, it's hard not to, man. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. The bark is he great. Barks at him. <laughs> All right, we're, we're getting into I, the the comedy in the in the Fairmount Fairmount Hotel. This stuff, it's still, every time I think of this stuff, it makes me laugh. It's some just, of it, but some of it is not aged well. That that's the one thing that I'll say is that it. I know what you mean. I think it's it could have been a much much worse. Let's, could, let's wait until we've we get had there. this conversation, we, we, and you have had said that it could have been much worse. You're right, but we'll, we'll see. I haven't, I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years, so let's watch it and see how we feel about it. But I, I think they could have gone places they didn't go. <laughs> Forsyth is so disgusted. He's one of your gun. <laughs> that's, that's a great delivery and line. Have you even fired one of those? Right, things? Here, here we go. Sean Connery's singing. <laughs> it is. This is. <laughs> we have to be quiet for this. It's the best. <laughs> and his little, his little look. God, him singing. This, the room, sir. I love it. Yeah, this is do great. Do snacks. I think that's what I texted you when you said you were do at the do first. snacks. Have any snacks, drinks? Hmm? It's that hmm at the yes, end that's, that's that makes, what makes it. it. 
So this character is who we were. Yeah, this I don't think is aged well. We'll, we'll see. I don't think there's any, th- any jokes at his expense, necessarily. I mean, it's only, I think, it doesn't help Michael Bay's track record. Right. His track record, it makes you wary because you know other movies that Michael Bay has done and the right. kinds of jokes that he's done. I don't think this character is so bad. It's a funny character, if not for the fact that this is a Michael Bay movie and the whole time you're on pins and needles going, oh no, what kind of horrible pro- places pro- is he going to go with this you're, guy? You're probably right, and it's probably worse in my head than than an, yeah. that it could have I mean, been worse. He's, he's clearly, it, it's a cliche of the gay hairdresser, but there's no gay jokes, really. I mean, we'll see. Maybe I'm not remembering any, but I, I don't think there are. <laughs> it's great that it's Sinatra, too. This is such a great plan by Mason. He just yeah. orders all this food to distract them. Yes. <laughs> that line I hate because that, that seems very mobster. The boss is watching. Yeah, that's him. true. Yeah, that's much worse than William Forsyth. Yeah. This wig isn't much better. <laughs> I forgot how bad Connery's wigs are in this movie. At least they gave him, like, silver hair. Yeah. They could have really done a Steven Seagal, like our last episode, Steven Seagal's hairpiece in uh, every one of his movies <laughs> in his life, I think. Oh, I love this. <laughs> Mister. That's an interesting line reading choice. Yeah. You will not. See, that one I actually think doesn't pull him up. <laughs> this is a really smart, like, because this is going to lead into a big chase. And a chase is maybe maybe one of my favorites of the 90s. It's great. I can't wait to, to watch it again. But uh, I, this, this, it's this, a great... I love Connery's. Wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hoist him in. But it's smart to start this off with like a moment of of uh, not tension. What's the word I'm looking for? But like suspense. Yeah, suspense. Yeah. And that leads into the action scene, as opposed to this coming out of nowhere. You're right. <laughs> Caretender. I don't know if I ever picked up on that. It's tender and not caretaker. I don't. know, I guess. I guess it's just a I- code name. I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of no nothing. That's kind of like a hood. Yeah, that, I guess that's the not, only joke. Yeah, he just wants to know if he, you know, he 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 takes pride in his work and he wants a good Yelp review. Yeah, I, that character is not as bad as, as it, it you're right. Been. It could have been worse. I I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just because it's Michael Bay. <laughs> Boy, Connery's a lot clumsier than I remember. He's just smashing He's into just it. destroying... <laughs> Why does everybody have to push these poor guys that are just working? I, I must go down the up escalator. Right. It's more exciting. I like how they're helping him. The guy's over there. I, they don't know what's happening. I guess they just assume. If the guy's running, he must have done something wrong. That was a, did, K, Nicholas Cage did that stunt. I think was, you're right. That was yeah. not bad. He fell off that table. This is definitely very 90s. Too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey! 
Do you think this guy? I love I, that guy's reaction. I don't know what accent that's supposed to be, but do you think he has a European accent because Arnold Schwarzenegger famously owned the Hummer and was one, of, one so. of the first people to own Hummer? I, I think so. This is before they were even like for sale right, widely. Mainstream, yeah. right. But the choice of vehicles is great. The locate honestly, this is probably one of my face. I don't really love chase sequences in general. Yeah, this is probably my. It's a good one. It's it's one of in the nineties. It's got to be one of my favorites. It helps that it's a lot, it's it's San Francisco yeah. because obviously that's like the most ideal city to have set a car yeah. chase in, like Bullet and a million other movies. Some of these shots, these close ups of obviously the car is not moving in a lot of those shots like yeah. that. Like the, the, those kind of bother me a little bit. There's a lot of amazing stunt people. Yeah. Because it's San Francisco. But there's an old woman in this chase. I mean, there's a ton of, like, cliched stuff. There's, like, the wheelchair basketball team. And yes, of course. You're waiting for two guys with a pane of glass to walk by. <laughs> so some of this is kind of cliche. The, the destruction the, of that. Yeah, but, like, the hippie uh, VW Beetle in San Francisco. Like, yeah, a, lot, but, a lot of this stuff is kind of cliche. Oh, but it's it, cliche, but that's fun, especially because the Humvee just destroys oh, yeah. it. It's honestly I, I don't it over a, like it's a toy car. I don't know if it's a political message or not. But, <laughs> but this, this is like right, <laughs> right here. The water bottles is like a pane of glass. It, it, it is a parade of cliched vehicles <laughs> to smash but through. But it's fun. No, totally. I'm not. It's not a criticism. <laughs> now that shot, like zooming in and out, like these close-ups kind of bug me now. Yeah. I, I'm sure they didn't at the time. Like the more you know about like how filmmaking works, you can just tell like they're sitting in a stationary car and <laughs> shake the camera. Yeah. <laughs> he, he veered out of his way. Oh, that's right, because yes. he does it on purpose. Yeah, to knock this pole down. That's right. I forgot about this because he's hitting every effing thing in sight to block him. <laughs> and other than good speed, this one works pretty well. Oh yeah, one of these guys. Fl- uh, there yep. you go. That's a nice flip. And you know what? Too, it's nice to go back and do a. Na- it's just nice to not be CGI. Honestly. Even if stuff doesn't look perfect. It's <laughs> a weird one-liner. Especially, Mason, nobody can hear you right, right. now, man. Well, he shouted pretty loud. I do everything about this. Fer- I love the Ferrari. Yeah. And, and the end is what it was does, mate. It's not mine. And more great music. Uh, I mean, th- th- this, this soundtrack is... I mean, it's, it's it's very hummable. Yep. That's my problem with a lot of modern Hans Zimmer. You can't hum any of it. This. I get, you know exactly what movie that was if I hummed it to you. Yep. I miss movie scores you can hum. This is longer than I remember. I, I would have thought we were already at the... Oh, uh, we're not even oh. halfway through. <laughs> Connery looking this around. Guy, oh, yeah, looking around. And then, hey. Hello? I'm only borrowing your Humvee. It's very funny, but I don't know how he knows what a Humvee is. He's been in prison in isolation no. for 33 years. No, because the guy says it. He, he says him, it's your. He says, it's my Humvee you've stolen. No, he says he's speaking German. He says oh. die haben meine Hummer gestohlen. He calls it a Hummer, and oh, there, here's the guy. There's this, there's this woman, <laughs> obvious stunt lady. That woman is 26 years old. <laughs> I think the basketball team's coming up, the wheelchair basketball yes, team. Yes, it is. I like this guy, this guy driving the oh, trolley. I do, too. I'm just... Save yourselves. <laughs> oh, my baby. My baby. Miraculously survives this gigantic explosion that's coming <laughs> that's... up. Well, because you can't have a character like that be killed. I guess. They like could have left it ambiguous. Yeah, you have to cut to him. I don't know. Him. They can't leave it a big... Yeah, I, I, I don't want that guy to get hurt. Come you're on. Right. 
<laughs> that guy can't get hurt. <laughs> no, you're right. They have to show him being okay. I would rather the 26, <laughs> the 26-year-old <laughs> this stunt woman. Give him credit. This guy goes down, goes down with the ship. There's the wheelchair basketball <laughs> team. Um, a million. I love years. the park, and th- that's a thing that doesn't exist that's anymore. True. Certainly not with coins on them. Yeah, no, they do, but it's your your uh, it's a machine. You put machine, your, your, your credit, credit card, card in. in yeah. yeah. So look you, at this explosion. He survived that somehow. <laughs> that trolley went fifty feet in the air. Well, he just barely got out. <laughs> that Ferrari did not make it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the way that the body comes, I'm not a car guy, but uh, here's a classic Michael Bay shot. Yeah, that's the like the bad boys. Tra- yeah, the trademark bad boy shot. Um, I think that was a another one line Hall of Fame guy. Yep, and his his laugh is what right. I love. It's not mine. Uh, it, he gets immediate comeuppance, <laughs> like in, instant karma. That guy's laughing at whoever that guy lost his Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, you can tell it's not a real Ferrari. Obviously, they're yeah, going to wreck a real Ferrari. It's a kit car. Yeah, it's yeah. a kit car. See, but the thing is, I would still rather watch this and know that it's a kit car than just have it do oh, on a computer. A hundred times, I would rather it be this. Sure. I, see, I'm less down on CGI than you in terms of, like, it's it's all fake. Yeah, that, I mean, it was a kit car. It's I all, know. You know, it's just a question of what are you willing to suspend disbelief for. But the, No, but the thing to me, the difference is, is that, like, when I watch movies that are 20, 30 years old, and they still look really impressive to me, like, that's that that's some, what I love is that some, some of them do. You know, I'm not saying all, but what I'm saying is the ones that do, that's what I love about it. It's like, I'm like, wow, that... Like, 2001 A Space Odyssey still is, I think, looks amazing. Oh, and totally. Like, to me, the, I don't know. There, there's just something that then that makes it even that much more impressive when I can watch a movie 50 years later and still think it looks impressive. But the stuff that looks like trash has been forgotten to time. I know. You're, you've never even seen those movies. Or you still, you still, you're being exposed to bad CGI all the time. I guess. In 30 years, only people will only remember the great CGI. I guess. And... People will still be saying, "Oh, back then they used practical." It's well, like, well, like the, Mad Max is a great example. It's a lot of practical, but they use CGI to like composite different shots together, yeah. and it's you know. And there's and there is stuff. I mean, I I'm, it's not like I'm completely down on it. I still think Terminator Two, you know, the 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 CGI in that was groundbreaking. The time I still think it looks good. It's not it's not as good as today, and I understand, but I still think it looks good and is believable. Yeah. Well, but the movie was written around it. What here's what CGI can, can do, do right now. Yeah. Here's what runs right around it. So that that helps a lot. I have not been to the Palace of Fine Arts either, so maybe maybe I need to go there as well. Okay. There's actually there's an annual conference, so that's the reason why that I'll, I probably will keep going back to San Francisco. Well, next time you're there, stop at the Palace of Fine Arts. Yeah. Or Alcatraz. She's been in other stuff. Who's Claire this? Claire Fulani? Claire Fulani. Yes, yes. Uh, she Mallrats. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, might have been Chasing Amy, actually. One of the, the Kevin Smith movies she was in. Mallrat sounds right to me, but I'm not sure. I haven't seen any of those movies in a long time. Shannon Doherty. No, I think I think it's her and Shannon Doherty, I think, yeah, yeah are, are right. Mallrats. Uh, that's probably my... Clerks is still probably my favorite. I, I actually really like Mallrats. I haven't seen any of those in 20 years at least. Yeah. I haven't seen them in a long time. Either. I was never a giant uh, Kevin Smith fan, in part because back when, back before I was shaving my head, people would tell me I looked like him, and that bothered me a lot. 
Oh, that. Yeah, I mean, now he's actually thin, and I, I wouldn't mind the comparison. <laughs> I've gotten fatter, and he's gotten thinner. <laughs> At the time, I was I was not nearly that big. <laughs> Maybe now, if I had hair, I would look like him. I don't know. I want you know, so a scene, a sequence like this, or scenes like this in an action movie today. I don't think you'd get anything like this. Not to this, not at this length. It yeah. would be like it would be a twenty second, thirty second. That's what scene. I'm saying. You, this, there's a lot yeah. in this. This piece of music is interesting. This like pan flute or something. It's so, it's it's so different from the rest of this. It's different and it feels almost Braveheartish. In yeah, a way. that's why I say pan flute. It feels yeah. like it's some kind of ancient instrument, musical yeah. instrument. I'm sure I did Braveheart only because of the Scottish is probably the only sure. that way. The way he says, "That's what I want to change." Eh, like eh? that's that's very Scottish. I yeah. feel like that. Eh, or maybe not. Maybe that's just Sean Connery. It is an important scene too, though, because what you get is because Goodspeed has just been lurking there. He, yeah, he, it, it sets up towards the end when he ultimately makes the decision to let him go. Yeah, it, it builds the camaraderie between the two of them, and also it gives Sean Connery stakes. He's got someone he cares about in San Francisco, right? Just like uh, Nicholas Cage does. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Gee whiz, John. <laughs> That's a fun. Whatever moment. you say, Stanley. Man, I uh, Nicholas Cage. Di- I mean, I know this is a long time ago. He looks super young there. Yeah, he must have been. I like that line. I had to stop for that. Uh, he must have been, what, mid-30s here? Yeah, I think so. Because his first movie is Peggy Sue Got Married in, like, 85, 84? I think so. Yeah. This is 12 years later? <laughs> you know, Womack, I think you got bigger fish to fry. I, Wrecking, exactly. Like, don't worry about property damage. Millions of lives are at stake. You know what? He, you know who he's like? And I'm going to watch this soon because it's Christmas time, even though you disagree with me. He is like Deputy Chief Dwayne T. Robinson. We have got people down here covered in glass. Glass? <laughs> who gives a shit about glass? Yeah. That's exactly what the equivalent yeah. is. There's, I mean, it's, it's, he's, he's the asshole. You destroyed a building. Yeah. He, he's, it's the same type of character. He's, yeah. he's on our hero's side, but he is, he's actually the, working against them because he's yes. an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And by the way, I like Die Hard. It's, you, you've made it sound I like I don't. No, no, you do. You just you debate. You disagree with me that it's a Christmas movie. Yes. I'm saying that I need to watch it in the next two weeks because we are recording this not that much uh, before Christmas. Yeah. I do need to watch it before Christmas. So go up in mid January. But yeah, yeah, we're coming up on Christmas. Theo, it's Christmas. It's a time of miracles. <laughs> Alan Rickman. Yeah, I, I, I should. I, I'm, I'm mostly. Uh, argue against it being a Christmas movie kind of to needle you. It's, I understand. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's enough Christmas in it. I can, I can understand your point of view. If for nothing else, I, I love the fact that you can have bad Christmas sweaters these days that say, now I have a machine gun. That's a, yes. Whole, I mean, that is... May, I mean, that's probably the most iconic Christmas part of that movie without that, a doubt. That is a very good Christmas sweater. <laughs> Such a cheesy line. That's but it's a great. very cheesy line between a rock and a hard. But case. the follow-up is that's what it's saved by the follow-up. How's your bowling arm? That's the line that I don't think of. I know you love that line. Oh. I never. It's not a line I it's, think of. It's when I probably think of because growing up, I I was in a bowling household and was a bowler. That's mm-hmm. that's actually what I did. So that's sure. probably why. But I love. It's because of the the con the contrast that that 
the rock in a hard case, it's tough. It's being like Connery sells it, but I'm like, eh, that's, but the the follow up, how's your bowling arm? See, in this sequence, I don't know if it's coming up or if we missed it, but uh, Connery going, my map was in my head. That's oh, the I line think that it was I before was that because he, he's looking through the blueprints. He's like, I don't know where it is. Right. My map was in my head. My map was in my head. These are all excellent uh, Sean Connery impressions, by the way, obviously. <laughs> of course it is. And this oh, guy, Crimson Tide. Yeah. You want to you want to get in the Silver Surfer debate right now? <laughs> sure. <laughs> which, which Silver Va- Surfer does he come down Vosser, on? Vosser, he doesn't like uh Mobius Silver Surfer. Vosser said that Mobius Silver Surfer uh, Kirby Silver Surfer is the only Mo- true Silver Surfer. The Mobius Silver Surfer is shit. I don't know, Vosser, he's a big Mobius fan. I'm sorry, sir. I just got out of hand. <laughs> yeah, he's in that, he's in this, he's in uh Eraser, which we yes. covered many many years ago. That's where we first talked about him, I think. I don't like this bathroom with no mirrors by the sinks. Uh, I don't know if it's a military installation where they're at. Or I don't know where they're at. Yeah, it, I don't know if it's established where they sit. I, th- I think later, don't you get it, that you see it's like the outside of like a bombed-out industrial building is where I think that they're set up. So I, I don't know what it is. Okay. And what's funny is now thinking, wherever they're at, no matter how bombed-out and destroyed this looks... This is a property that is probably worth like a hundred million dollars oh, in San Francisco because it's in San Francisco yeah. <laughs> because of how much square footage there is in oh, land. No, zero percent chance that this building would still be erect. <laughs> it would have knocked it down. Yes. built a condo building. Yes, yeah. I've never been to San Francisco, but I know that it yeah it is prohibitively expensive. This, uh, as much as I will defend Nicolas Cage, this, may, this isn't the greatest performance this scene. No, it's not. It's just it's something about his performance there. Oh, my girlfriend, she's flown in to see me. Just I know. It's supposed to be emotional. Maybe it's the fault of the Writings. director. Yeah. Editor, like, cut the scene out, maybe. I don't know if you need that scene. Back to Francis Hummel. He's been out of the movie for a while. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't remember that either. Yeah. But you, I mean, you've got when you've got Sean Connery, you you needed to give a lot of because he wasn't in the beginning. You established Hummel. You you've got to give him a good block of time yeah. to make him seem as badass as he needs to be. Mason and Hummel are kind of uh, opposing figures, right. similar figures. So, so you yeah. need to give adequate time this to build him up too. Yeah. Well, then let me tell you what is. Fifteen VX gas rockets into the heart of San Francisco. You've got seventeen hours to deliver the money, or be prepared to reap the whirlwind, gentlemen. What's a word from Mojave? General Peterson can give us no definite assurance. This stuff is all very clancy. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I got to think that was an influence. Right? See, it, nine, uh, 95 on this or 96? 96, 96 I think. I think in the intro. Patriot Games is 92 and Clear yeah. Present Danger is 94. So yeah. I bet. I got to think that yeah, you're right. the success of those movies so that, that this makes movie. me even more angry that they didn't get the president from that from Clear and Present yeah. Danger to be to authorize the thermite plasma in this. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I know that actor's name. We've we've discussed uh, it Donald Moffat, yes. That guy is the president. 100 100%. Yeah. Donald Moffat's great. He's in the thing. Yeah, you've told me that. I I don't I haven't seen that. 
I don't know if you'd like the thing. You're not in the horror movies as much, but yeah. he's good in the thing. It's a pretty small part, but I do like that too. Is that that's it, it's a subtle, but they they do acknowledge that Mason figures it out that Goodspeed does not. I don't know if it takes a genius to see that he's not prepared for this situation. It, it doesn't, but I, I still oh. think it's good that they do it in a subtle way that he he deserves to be there for what he's... <laughs> yeah, comment like that. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> After you, Ace. I've used that line, too. I love that. <laughs> oh, to be honest, almost everything Connery has in this is awesome. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't remember because I know Medicine Man. I know we've we discussed Medicine Man because it was in like the top ten of some you know yeah, week. Yeah. But this was kind of a, re- a renaissance for him too because I don't. What was he doing in the early to mid nineties? I don't think a well, lot. Hunt for Red October is nineteen ninety. Yeah. There was um, uh, Red Sun or not Red Sun uh, Rising, Rising Sun. Sun with Wesley Snipes. Yeah, that's like ninety two ish. Yeah. Not a lot though. Eh, he was he was in still working a movie every one to two years. Yeah, he was working. I'm sure there's stuff we're forgetting. <laughs> I I do love his kit. Yep. Yeah. You got to be prepared for anything. Oh, there it is—the green smoke. For some reason, whenever I send that, not even just to you, but sometimes our mutual friend, I'm like, how do you guys not know this means? You got the go. You got the green smoke. You're good. It's it's, it's an ambiguous signal. I feel like. How is that ambiguous? <laughs> Success. <laughs> yes. Not, not everything needs to be a a movie puzzle to be solved. If we're just trying to communicate, hey, let's. Uh, are we gonna do something on this date? And you send a picture of green smoke. I gotta <laughs> interpret what you mean. Sometimes just say yes. <laughs> I, I I enjoy the, the the movie puzzles, but not when I'm trying to plan something or so something. So you th- it's better than when I just send the gif of the the Terminator with the thumbs yeah, up. Thumbs going. up is not ambiguous. Green smoke. Because <laughs> in the movie, it's kind of an ambiguous moment because he's trying to stop the the bombs from falling and he fails to do he's so. He's neutralized the threat. He's, yes, but it's a successful mission. <laughs> it's it's not a clear it's a thumbs up. It's not a clear signal. A thumbs up is a very clear signal. After you ace. A derisive, sarcastic ace is underutilized in movies. True. <laughs> Godspeed, Godspell. Yeah, that's all setting up the ending. Yeah. You know the entomology of your name. It's true. This was a, a bigger deal at the time. I don't. There was. I mean, I, I know it had been used, but not nearly as much as like today. Yeah, I mean, this movie isn't really. I mean, the bad guys have night vision too, right? Don't they? Don't they use it at some point? No. 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 Hmm. Maybe I'm thinking of clear and present danger again. That might be. Oh, apparently, if you don't have the FBI, the windbreaker that says FBI in the back, you can get like an arm patch because that guy was wearing a suit. Oh, and it, 
<laughs> it was it it was like you're in mourning, but it, you're an FBI sure. agent instead of having like a black uh, armband. I wonder why they gave her the jacket then. They could have just given her an armband. No, no, not her. I'm talking about the FBI agent she was right. talking to. But she had the jacket. So oh, why, okay. why give her the jacket? Why I not? You. Maybe she was cold. This stuff all reminds me of uh, the opening scene in Metal Gear Solid, the video game, which I think okay. just stole this. That, yeah, was, that, that was 1998. I'm sure some people know what I'm talking about. So we're we're getting to the, this is again to me like the realism and the stakes. The the standoff between these two is probably my my favorite scene in the movie. It's a good scene. I, it's a little. Uh, I mean, it, it is. It's the, probably the most serious the movie gets, yeah. or the most tragic, I guess. Yeah. It is interesting how much time we're spending on this crew of guys. I mean, again, it raises the stakes for sure. Like, it, yeah, but I mean, I, I the exchange back and forth between Michael Bean and Ed Harris. I, it's I think it's some of the best stuff in the movie. Oh, it's good. We're going to be there soon. And then you establish that the only two left are the the unstoppable force and the sidekick. I mean, logistically, you have to do this. Yes. If, I mean, obviously, the movie wants there to be two, only Sean Connery and Nicolas yeah. Cage. How do you get there? Realistically, you wouldn't just send these two guys in. You would want to send more people. Right. So you got to deal with those other people. You know, it's it's kind of... I, I agree it's a good scene, but I also can see the, the screenplay writers moving the pieces around, yeah, I, trying I, to manipulate things to get what, what they I, want. I guess what I'm saying is I, the performance is maybe oh, what, totally. is what makes it... Yeah, they make it work. This, I'm not sure I like. Yeah. This 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 is a little silly. This, like... I mean, this, uh, speaking of video games, this is very video games. Oh, yes. I studied the pattern. Yes. It's like uh, beating... Uh, like I've, I've got to solve this puzzle. Right. I hope it hasn't been changed. <laughs> but what timing? Is this a furnace? Like, why would you change the timing on a furnace? I don't know. Of what? That seems like a line. They didn't know what to say. Like, that was obviously 80 yard. I'll bet they're like, well, he'll say something here. His face is covered. We can record it later. And they couldn't think of anything from the stage. Just go, have a nice day. They couldn't think of a better line. This is a hundred percent. This is I'm playing Goldeneye right now, yeah. and I have I have to. This movie's great. They could have cut this. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because other than because you're gonna kill off these seals anyway, so them being impressed by right. Mason, it, it's irrelevant because Goodspeed already knows he's unstoppable because he <laughs> was the one chasing him in the Ferrari. Yeah, we, we don't need to... We, we, the audience, are already sufficiently impressed. We yeah. don't need to anymore. It's it's partially to get the line that's coming up. Yeah. He's got to be the one who, who lets them in yeah. so that he can say the line. Also, I guess this moment... I mean, obviously... What, we know as an audience it's unlikely that he's going to bail, but I guess it's nice to have that moment. Here we go. <laughs> he does sell it. Yeah, it's great. Again, a great push-in by Michael Bay. And the push-in and, and the score is great right here. This movie is using this theme more often than I remembered. Maybe going into that well too many times. There's two themes. There's a Actually, three. I guess they're mixing it up enough. I don't want to hum over the actual theme. I'm going to get my wires crossed, but. 
This is the one I was trying to hum. Oh, yeah. This is the one they use it the most, I think. Yeah. And there's also, like... I, <laughs> I, <laughs> this entry is great. Yeah. Apocalypse now shot. Yep. <laughs> smiles. Yeah, he's been in prison for 30 years. He's having a blast. There you go. <laughs> that's, I feel like, a comment on Bond. Oh, yeah. That's, that's our nod to Bond. And this is really nice, this, like, chess game going on where, you know... They, they think they're there, but they're not 100% sure where. Well, but the, the Tumblr in particular, like, it's just some piece of security that military guys know about. It's got a laser beam, and so... You know, our our team knows about it, and they break the beam, but then they don't know the Hummel's got guys set up a, a, a thing to detect like well, yeah, vibration. It was, uh, it was the uh, oh the sniper in Clear and Present Dangers who it's his backup. I right. can't remember um, Chavez. Yeah, Ding Chavez. Yeah, is, is the is the character. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't I remember the, the actor's actual. name. Yeah, you're you're going to the wrong source for actor names. I, yes, I normally have to carry us, and I don't know his. <laughs> But I, I think this is really it, it. Whether or not this is real, like technology or you know tactics, it's it. It's nice that both sides are smart, right? You know, like like Michael Bean just got outsmarted, but it's not because he was dumb. It's because Hummel's guys, yeah, had thought ahead. That, yeah, know? isn't something that would be typically encountered, right? That had to be new technology too. That like fiber optic camera. Uh, I'm trying to think because you get it in the negotiator, which is after this. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but I mean, relatively new. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I don't remember now, but I'm sure when I saw this, I was like blown away. Like that was something completely new that I had never seen before at that time. <laughs> I mean, I think we're we're almost. We all we can do is judge based on when they appeared in movies. <laughs> like who knows when that actual military hardware yeah, like, existed. Existed, but yeah. Indistinct shouting. The <laughs> subtitles say. That guy does kind of now remind me of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now that we look, yeah, there's the one guy with the shaved head. Because he, well, yeah, he's the one who uh, he because he gets a lot of screen time. He gets in the the fight at the end with Connor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I ever told you my old man was I? It's actually kind of a lame line. Yeah, and I I, I forgot he he was so prominent later. Yeah. That's a nice shot. It is. Michael Bay, he's got some artistry in him. His movies are usually bad. He's a terrible storyteller, but <laughs> visually, I, I, I will go. I will go to bat for Michael Bay. His movies always look awesome. Well, he was a music video guy, right? 
Sure. Is that where you got to start? Or commercials? I think it was music videos. I'm not sure, but... My point being is in stuff like that, the story doesn't matter nearly as much as it no, does. No, he's terrible at telling a story, so I think he kind of lucked into this God one. Knows I agree with you. But like you, I swore to I do remember against all well, last time I watched this movie, foreign, sir, too many push-ins in the scene. Constantly pushing in, pushing in, pushing in. General, we've spilled the same Pick, your, pick your spots. I think it's coming up. It is a good no, scene. I, I, I will criticize Michael Bay here. We're dead. Your unit is covered from an elevated position, Commander. I'm not going to ask again. Don't do anything stupid. No one has to die here. Man following the general. I feel like at this point, Michael Bean would just surrender. In a real situation. In a real, that, that I agree with you. We all have shipmates we remember. Some of them were shit on and pissed on by the Pentagon. But that doesn't give you the right to mutiny. You call it is a good you scene. Want. You're down there. Another push in. You walk into the wrong goddamn room, Commander! Goddamn it, Commander, one last Another push time. In. You tell your men right. safety their weapons Too many. on the deck. I cannot give that order! I am not gonna repeat that order! I will not give that order! Another push in. What the hell is wrong with you, man? Stand fast! Oh my god. Let's waste these f***ing... One last time, you order your men to safety their weapons! So that's nice too. I forgot about that. That it was the bricks falling yep. that sets everybody off. I, I mean, I think you have to do that because I think, I mean, they make a couple of Hummel's men to be like the true bad guys. Yeah. But I, I think to like to not make too early in the movie them vil- really villainous of you know gunning down other service members. You had to have it that it was who really who shot first. Yeah. Because, yeah, if, if, the, if those two bad... Because really only two of these guys. Yeah. It's Tony Todd and whoever that guy with the longer hair. Right. Like, if they start shooting unprompted, you feel like the guy next to them would like, grab them and... Exactly. But, yeah, that, it's... And I, it's I smart think, to do it this way. I didn't want to talk over it, but I think what I really... I enjoy both of their performances, but it's the escalation. And at the beginning, Hummel is kind of... I think Harris is balancing. He's not... He doesn't talk to Bean the same way he does when he's talking to the chief of staff and making the demands. Yeah. He he has a little bit it's straddling the line of the camaraderie that he's got with his group. Yeah. But then as Bean refuses to give the order, it's escalating, escalating. He's giving him like no choice to treat him in the same manner. I, I well, him think, going like, God damn it, man. Like, right, exactly. I he really does want to convince him. Like, I, I don't make me do this. Yeah. He might, but, just, he might actually say that, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. That's no, the he tone does. anyway. And, but he starts out that he's trying to straddle the line of not treating them like the enemy, but still being in charge. I think Harris does a, a, a great job of balancing that. Yeah. And then the, the the escalation bit between, and I'm not a huge Michael Bean. I mean, he's fine. I think it's a, a great performance by both. That's why it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's tragic, too. It is. It's it's the most serious and, and the most tragic in it. But. Yeah. I mean, you got to do it. Right, because you're right. They wouldn't send the two of them in there alone, but you have to have the stakes where it's just the two of them. Yeah. I don't remember him crawling there. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of them going through sewers, so a lot of that stuff kind of blends together. I don't, I don't remember that either.
So that, that's interesting. Like, Womack thinks he's going to save the day, even though they can't stand each other. Yeah. It's a moment I never really... I didn't give it thought either. I don't know if I understand or buy that. Apparently Mason's wrong, cause, or uh, right. Womack is wrong. All he wants is to get out of yeah. there. That's kind of what absurd, too. It why, is. Why, why what do they care I, if they leave? he leaves? I mean, yeah. they really need him to help, I guess? Well, because, I mean, his expertise was supposed to be getting getting around, basically, into the island. and where. So that was successful, but right. now does he, it really matter? He did his job. He got right. them into the, the prison. This is a nice moment for Ed Harris where he takes the camera here. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out Ed Harris is a very good actor. <laughs> Who knew? It turns out. <laughs> yeah, these FBI armbands. Yeah. I don't remember that. This kind of looks like a mid-90s video game, like a full-motion video video game. Right. Cut scene. We got to yeah. give you some of the story. <laughs> exactly. Just the way that's framed with, like, the green, the green in it. In yeah. particular, that, yeah. Like a scene from Sewer Shark. I don't know that game, but that's where you're you do ride through the shit sewers and shoot like alligators or something. Okay. I need to explain to you who Jadger Hoover is. You're a member of the FBI. <laughs> Literally the building <laughs> is yes. named after him. <laughs> You can always tell when there's too much exposition where someone's like, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I guess you got to do it. There probably is a better way to do that. I mean, J. Edgar Hoover? Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's obscure. So wait, are they saying they caught him in 1962? I never picked up on this detail. Yeah. How does he know who killed Kennedy if he was caught in 1962? Well, Kennedy was... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. No, that's too soon. You're right. That was 64. Uh, 63, but whatever. Uh, You're right, 63. Yeah, because he says he's been in prison for 33 years, and we're at 1995-ish when this is being filmed. So, yeah. I guess there there was that he broke out at some point, because that's when he, he fathered his daughter. Yeah, and so, so maybe he broke out, found out who killed Kennedy, and then got I caught guess. again. Yeah, because there, there's, I guess there's other stuff they could have done. So why did they pick Kennedy? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Either unless they Mason, the years. I mean, unless Mason was involved in the planning of the assassination, and that's how he knew. <laughs> no, because he was a British SAS agent. The Brit, the British. That that's making yeah, a giant leap. That the is. British government had something to do with the assassination yeah, of the U.S. president. Of all the conspiracy theories, I'm not aware of that yeah. one of the British SAS. No, but no, because that that's easily changed too. Because you just say we picked him up at the Canadian border in 1968, right? They should have done that just to coincide with his years as Bond, right? 
I do. I do love that. Like he's got all the guns now, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Because the script does a good job here, you're right, of setting up that Mason has stakes in San Francisco to yeah. care about what happens in San Francisco, but then also why he just won't now bail on Goodspeed, because Goodspeed's the only one that can do the actual job of the two of them. Right. I guess they didn't tell Mason that the, the about the gas part. I guess they, they say that they it's need to know or something. He, he's on a need-to-know basis, and he didn't need to know. So they just told him that they're holding hostages, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And that is true. They've got hostages, right. that, but that's not what the real danger is. Yeah, okay. John C. McGinley doesn't really have much to do in this movie. No, you're right. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to Be- become a character, and he's just kind of like, guys, like, yes, sir. I wonder if they have that skull cap on Connery so they don't have to spend all the money on the wig. <laughs> you are very focused on his hair. I am. Well, speaking as a bald man, I'm, I notice these things. I notice wigs much more than I used to. Would you be offended if a bald woman rejected you? <laughs> it's a Seinfeld episode? Is that what that is? Oh, yeah. Okay. You're bald. <laughs> I was bald. I remember this. <laughs> that's a weird moment. I don't think that's supposed to be funny. That's a really cool shot, that it explosion is. going off. Yeah. <laughs> that slow motion reminds me of... Uh, <laughs> well, because you know they had to record that in ADR after the fact. Like, you know, pretend like, you know, shout and move, but shout it kind of slowly to kind of match... It's like in uh, Star Trek, the motion picture. I don't know if it was the last time you watched that. Oh, it's been a long time. There's a sequence where it then goes into slow motion, and there's the, the guy, uh, the the not Kirk, the captain of the Enterprise. He goes, "No, belay that phaser order." <laughs> and every time I see a, a, a dialogue in slow motion like that, I always think of that guy in Star Trek, the motion picture. <laughs> belay that phaser order. There's a lot more of this than I remember. Yeah, same here. I remember them getting like knocked off their feet from that explosion, but then apparently there's more running from fire. Yeah, and then I I do I like the the flip that both the stuntmen do in that in that first the one. The earlier so, one, yeah. yeah. This is just repetitive at this yeah. point. I mean, this is a great movie, but yeah, I think this is a little too much tunnel explosions. I think some of that was for for that purpose though, too. Was to destroy so they couldn't hear anything. Yeah, but you only need one explosion for that. I, I would think. And they just pick up their conversation. <laughs> what explosion? <laughs> yeah, this is when their relationship starts to get fun. What an acting choice. Come on. Nicolas Cage is great. Who else would make that acting choice? That little, like, <laughs> that little squirmy does. Yeah. I just want to get some rockets. No, thanks. 
is what I would say. I love to, this song. to that choice, that acting choice. Yes. Oh, that's great. I don't know. I just, I just want to get some rockets. I, I like the idea of Sean Con- of Mason giving of being Ranger Bob for a day and giving the tour of Alcatraz of things. I love that idea. They should do that. It was an old Civil War force. If I was running Alcatraz as a tourist attraction, I would make sure that the tour guide was someone who who was did, did time at Alcatraz. <laughs> who else would do, that's the best person to do it? Famous exchange here. Yep. Really? <laughs> His reaction. Yeah. Really? He's, he's very impressed. Yes, he is. You actually from that. I mean, it's it's probably sexist or whatever, but you. Like his reaction is all of a sudden he wants to meet Carla. I mean the the, the look on Connery's face. Yeah. I want to meet Carla. Oh, here's here's a line I like. Yeah. That's a great line. Yeah, you must never hesitate. Well, this this action scene really starts abruptly. They just like wander into a room with a bunch of guys, and, and it's, it's like, like oh, oh man. crap, I gotta get to work. <laughs> I do love that. Goodspeed is a contributing like nothing to this. He's shooting. He's trying. Getting their stuntman, yeah. uh, getting their their value. <laughs> I don't think I ever picked up on that oh, line. I, did. I love because prof- <laughs> there's so much gunfire, and now, uh, since we're, it's probably the first time I ever watched this movie with subtitles on. There's a Statham guy I saw earlier. Yep. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. This is a scene I just don't, I don't really remember. The air conditioner. Yeah, the yep. air conditioner. Makes me now think of Kramer. The air conditioner! <laughs> <laughs> Instead of falling on a dog. Yes. It's almost the same shot of the <laughs> point of view of the air conditioner falling. <laughs> it, to be honest, you know, it would have been... Nine, this is 95. It would have yeah. might have been around the same time. Yeah, it's true. So maybe Michael... Yeah. Ben- okay, that's just about the most awful thing I've ever seen. Like, I'll bet 50 to 70% of this dialogue is all improvised. you don't respect this, it kills you. Put it over there. This stuff is fun. It's Connery holding this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's... I, it's like he's discovered fire or something, the way he's looking at yeah. it when he's holding it. I've been around a lot of corpses. <laughs> is that normal? What, the feet thing? Yeah, the feet thing. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> I'm having kind of a hard time concentrating. Can you do something about it? Like what? Kill him again? Listen, I'm just a biochemist. Most of the time, I work in a glass jar and lead a very uneventful life. I drive a Volvo, a beige one. But what I'm doing with you? How many beige Volvos there are? Most deadly in the '90s, probably a lot more than there are now. What do you say? You cut me. You don't slack. You don't see a lot of beige cars in general anymore, no. and with with good cause. Yeah. Well, you know, he probably doesn't make a ton of money. This is 1996. He probably has like an 87 Volvo. No. He's a special agent in the FBI with a, a doctorate degree. He probably is doing okay. Maybe. He's got, you know, he's got some student loans to pay off. This is a very inconvenient situation. He's got to take all this stuff out to get to a, one chip to make sure it can't fly yep. straight. I do um, 
one of those strands was in uh, one of the uh, Hollywood memorabilia auctions uh, that I, I get the catalogs for. I think it was like two or three years ago. Yeah. So I have I've seen though I haven't actually seen a lot of stuff from The Rock, but I I did see one of those. Are those just made out of glass? You think? Like no, I think they were, a... I think they were plastic. You don't think they would have like degraded by now? Like I guess plastic takes a long time to degrade, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. I guess that's the whole thing of plastic, isn't it? <laughs> You would think that would kill a million fish. Yeah, it's certainly not good. <laughs> right. It'll poison, you know, the bay, but... Give Ed Harris this. He he leads from the front. Yes, he does. He could have just been like, "Go check it out." He's running. He's he is, and he's he's only got a pistol too. Everybody else is yeah. much better armed than he is. I didn't. I don't remember that. He is getting himself involved, he's throwing himself into the fray. Not the rocket. They don't seem to care. Well, at this point, he's taking the chips out. What I'm saying is that they're endangering themselves. Oh, they're endangering themselves, yeah. yeah. This sequence I'm also not a big fan of. That's that's fair. This, like, Indiana Jones part. Your brain erases this part of the movie. When you it think does. I'm trying rock. to think though if there's like one or two lines in here that make make it still redeemable. I don't remember. I don't now. think there's any lines. There is one really bad dummy. That's the part I remember. Yeah. Well, I'll try to point it out when we get there. A dummy going over a waterfall. It's one of the worst movie dummies you will ever see. Like what Alcatraz was like? What mining for gold down here is the mines of Moria. <laughs> they call it a mine. A mine. You don't know Lord of the Rings, really. No. I mean, I've, I've seen all sure. the movies, but I don't know it That's as from well. Lord of the Rings. They call it a mine. That's a right. mine! Here we go. No, it's it's the, the dummies later. Oh. It's one of the, the soldiers. <laughs> Apparently Sean Connery hung on to that. Oh, he's tied to it, right? Yes. I was going to say, how old is he supposed to be in this movie? 60s. Yep. The, the youngest. I feel like that would have like displaced his hip, at the very least. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how tough he is. <laughs> at some point, age is there's no fighting age. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line delivery. <laughs> yes, I don't think we've talked enough about how great Sean Connery is in this. He's so good. Where? Well. <laughs> he's t- he's upside down. <laughs> and he- where? Well. I'll take care of this. Well, of the two of them, he's even upside down. He's more I, equipped. Because as I remember, Gutsby just fight. He's just gonna fire his pistol out from the top and not look where he's firing. See, I barely remember this scene. I, I just, you're right. I I had forgotten about this. All this stuff could be cut out. Because there's even even if there was some sort of underground tunnels, there's no way yeah. there's gonna be the shoot the mine carts. The and... island I don't think is that big either. No. But he, he does finally put to use what he is. He got sure. packed in the matches. It's a good thing and they kerosene. Gave him. 
Spe- this is not movie related. The other day, I don't remember where we were at. I was down in St. Louis, I think. I went to a gas station, and there was a fill-up spot in a gas station for kerosene, like a pump. I'm like, I see that sometimes. Well, like, what I'm thinking, I'm like, is crazy vac class? Is there really cars that will get a single, go 300 hectares on a single tank of kerosene? I think you see that in rural areas for, like, tractors and stuff. Yeah, it's, and that's probably what it's for. I've seen that sometimes. But all I could think of, uh, and poor John McGinley, he's not going to make it out of here. <laughs> You're right. He really doesn't get anything in this movie. He has no real character. He's just kind of, you know, why? Why? <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> why cast John C. McGinley for this generic right. soldier? Yeah, the, the, just, just you're right. He pretty much gets yes, sir. Yeah, I guess because he was in platoon. It's like, well, we know he can do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and for him, he's probably like, well, I'm working. I'll take the paycheck. Yeah, totally. I mean, even even then. I mean, he's a, he's an actor who has worked a ton, but not like a household name. Like, yeah, I'm sure he's not he's not turning down a lot of roles. I would guess, McGinley probably not. Oh, to you and me, he's definitely a household name. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's mostly you know soldiers and suits. That's his whole career. I would say, Wall Street and Platoon. That that set up his whole career. Oliver, th- I'm sure he thinks Oliver Stone. Sure. All well, that's the time. The, that's the thing is Oliver Stone doesn't have much of a career anymore, at least not in the last five years. I forgot how long this sequence is. This is way too long. Yeah, I... I <laughs> here, here comes a dummy. There, ah! there it is. <laughs> yeah. that's, right. a, that's a bad dummy. It's like it, this. This sequence has problems for multiple reasons because it's like, why is this all this stuff down here? And also, it's just not that exciting. They're hanging no, it's from not. like it's not. You're right. Or transporters or something. Indiana Jones. It is like Indiana Jones, and there's no yeah. reason for that to be in this movie. I mean, this is an important moment. You you can put this anywhere. You know? Yeah, that you, he's gonna kill a guy. You, and, you need to have him make that transition, but it doesn't have to be in Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones <laughs> territory. Like, this is obviously a set. (laughs) This is a set-ass set. And this is not a short movie, too. Like, you know, I'm not saying, like, it's terrible, but it's a two-hour and 12-minute movie. Right, and this this alone you could easily have taken out, and it wouldn't change the movie at all. I mean, again, by Michael Bay standards, by the standards of excess that Michael Bay tends to have, this is low. Yeah, not so bad. (laughs) <laughs> I love those two choices. A poet or a farmer. Well, he's very well read and, you know, he knows about uh, whoever that guy was. Who I don't remember the name anymore. There we go. Solzhenitsyn. The president is coming in three hours, so he's clearly indisposed somewhere. Sure. What's the implication? This is during the Clinton years. Was he indisposed? What, what was he oh, doing? Jeez. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously not Clinton. It's some, you know, fictional president. Oh, this guy. This actor, for such a small part and kind of a thankless role, I think this actor playing this this hostage is very good. Yeah, he sells it. Like, the, the, the fear on this guy's face. Yeah. I don't know who this actor is, but I always notice him. I'm just like, this is a good actor, this guy.
It's tough to talk over this stuff because it's like (laughs) stuff gets real. See, the thing is, here's what I'll say though: is that Hummel's strategy here. He's like, there are you know civilian lives. It's like Hummel, yeah, but hold on, (laughs) yeah. There's how many million civilian lives? There's no way they'd make that trade. So they're going to make this a math equation, right? The the solution to this math equation is obvious. Here we go. The greatest thumbs up in movie history. Love that, but what, what do you mean? That I do love yeah. a choice by Nicholas Cage. I love all that. That ent- it's, it's the question of what about Mister Henderson's head? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this music cue is so good. God, the score is so good. This might be the, my favorite piece of music in this whole movie. It is a great hero walk too yeah. for for Connery. But that thumbs up of like. It's so rare to get a moment that is super cool and also funny. Like that's a combination that's very rare. And this this meeting is gold. Yeah, this this might be my favorite scene in this movie. This walk and yeah. from the thumbs up to their exchange, the two of them. I mean, it doesn't really amount to much plot wise, but that's fine. Like, it's, it's an important character moment. Yeah, but it, but it is a little bit because it's a distraction. Meaning he's he's buying good speed time. But yeah, but good speed. He's about to get caught, also, right? Good speed. I guess maybe he takes out this one rocket. I, I don't mean, remember. I don't know why it's of course you're in you're in this middle of this operation. No, he get he definitely gets the ch- he gets the chip here and okay. destroys it and then gets captured. Okay. So so it, it does have sp- Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, here he goes. And then it's then I take pleasure in <laughs> I'm trying to wait for... <laughs> this is very over the top. Yeah, they really need to be Spider-Man down. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that, though. The high sweetie. That's fine. But it, the- it gets into sort of more generic action movie stuff. Like, uh, some of this could be in any action movie. Do they bother to tell you who I am, why I'm doing this? Or are they just using you like they do everybody else? All I know is you were big in Vietnam. I saw the highlights on television. And you wouldn't have any f***ing idea what it means to lead some of the finest men on God's earth into battle and then see their memory betrayed by their own f- government i don't quite see how you cherish the memory of the dead by killing another million and uh this is not combat it's an act of lunacy general sir this moment is so good the, the glint in his eyes disappears the, i love how the whole scene is he's got this glint he's kind of smirking and then it all drops for that line yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a well-written movie. It is, I, I, it, and Oscar Wilde is perfect. Obviously, being UK is the perfect choice. Yeah. Well, he's, he's Irish, isn't he, Oscar Wilde? But I think he lived in the UK. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Yeah, yeah. I could be wrong. I think he's Irish. I I do kind of like this. Just. <laughs> 
going through, oh, yeah. <laughs> through the, the, the wall to pull him through. This, this cut. Oh, it doesn't cut straight to it. Okay, no. I, I thought it did. But the <laughs> basically does. <laughs> yeah, this is so funny. <laughs> you gotta wonder too. I love this. Like how long he's been droning on with stuff like that. That Mason's just been there silent. Yeah. Well, because the sun has come up now, so yeah. it must be at least a couple hours. All right, I think this is my last opportunity to get another beer, so right. before things I'll, pop up. I'll see if I can. <laughs> oh, I'm good. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> We're allowed to talk in here. No, you're going to make it back for Zeus's. Can't miss that. Well, this seems pretty long. I, I would have I guessed the scene would be over by now. Again, like the pacing of movies. You don't notice how different pacing is. Like it's been this like, you know, frog in a gradually boiling pot of water yeah. kind of thing. Over the last 25 years, movies have changed so much and so gradually. Yeah, well, and the thing is, though, is that you're become this. You're you get more and more time to be more invested in them yeah. of their like conversations. You don't get that. No. I seriously thought by the time I sat down, that's that's they would have escaped their cells by then. No, like, it's, I'm so used to modern movies. No, well, now we're cutting away. We're we're setting up the ending, and then you haven't even gotten to him swinging his. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about they talk about this stuff. Yeah. Oh, I hate this beer. I'm gonna drink the rest of it anyway. <laughs> I got like a variety pack, and I was I, I got some experimental stuff. Oh, okay. Apologies about me maybe sounding like my lips are puckering. I guess that's why they couldn't cut that scene because he references I, it here. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I appreciate that acting choice. <laughs> Zeus, I have spoken. Right. We don't have a soundboard, unfortunately. No. <laughs> I think that's why I like Nicolas Cage, is he's he has the courage to go that far. <laughs> he's not afraid of going over the top. He will go for it in a way that I respect. No other I'm actor would have given that every line Nicolas reading. Cage movie. No, no, no. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just... Giving a, a defense. I do love the look on his face. <laughs> Trade secrets, my son.
That's a line that our friend Chris uses a lot. That's that's you're right. A movie quote that uh, comes out of his mouth quite a bit. I'm very aware of the time, Captain. That button line, I always think of old man Patterson with his finger on a button from The Simpsons. I don't remember that one. Uh, it's the Sanitation Commissioner episode. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's Steve Martin. Yeah. What button? Old okay. man Patterson. Oh, I remember. There's a lot of, like, <laughs> crushed concrete. I don't know what where that is on the Alcatraz. Maybe it's legitimately there. I Maybe. Know. I mean... You, if it's open as a tourist attraction, like I'm sure, the, like it, I'm sure the parks department has control of that, right? So yeah, I think so. You yeah. would think they would clean all that up just in case someone wanders off. But who knows? Well, Ranger Bob probably runs a tight ship, so people probably don't wander off. Clearly, he can't even keep his socks up. So <laughs> I mean, I I don't know if trusting him with the well-being of the island is for the best. I wonder if uh, which which what what is the horror movie with Tony Todd? Is it Candyman? I think he's Candyman. I yeah, I think it's Candyman. I wonder if that movie is out yet. I feel like that's like a mid nineties movie. That feels right. I wonder how well people, how familiar no, people would yeah, be with Tony no. Todd. I've never seen those movies, so Neither I have no I. idea. I like horror movies, but I'm not. I don't go that deep. I've never seen a Candyman. I've never seen a Leprechaun. Uh... Well, I'm trying to think. Same. Oh, gut punch. Yeah. I mean, Goodspeed had to know what was going to happen. He knows who this guy is. I kind of am with Mason here as far as his decision. Like, he's right that Hummel is not going to kill millions of civilians. He's made the, he looked in his eyes and he's made the judgment. And he maybe didn't account for the fact that Hummel's men would just take over and the psychos in the group would take over. But here's but he, the thing. He's is got his chance to escape, and he knows if he doesn't escape now, he'll be thrown right back in prison. So. I agree, but what I can't remember, so how he reacts when this one is launched, I don't think he turns around. No, he I mean, watches it. He watches it and we'll, sees we'll it see. splash down, but I don't think he then says, oh, you know, they're willing to, to launch. Maybe. <laughs> this is... We've never seen this soldier before, I don't think. Uh, it's like a red shirt. I love that this movie never makes Stanley cool. They could have it could have been a thing where like by the end he's a tough soldier. He's still he's still just as much of a dork. Yeah. I love that they committed to that. But they do they make him somewhat the, the Rocket Man, they give him a zinger to make him a little cool, but you're right. They don't yeah, make him he doesn't tough. Like beat him up. Right. They don't they don't make, ever make him tough. Yeah. You're right. Because as you know, they became mercenaries 
Yeah, we'll see it in a second. <laughs> I, I know the line is coming up. It's one of my favorites. I wasn't a good. I'll, I'll, the guy who goes, I'll take pleasure in gutting you, boy. I don't remember if he ends up on the 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 mutiny side or what. He looked very concerned there. Here, here he is. He looks like he's like not not okay with this launch, and yet I feel like at the end, wait a minute, he's the sniper, right? At the end, so he's on the mutiny side. No, because isn't Pokemon Bo- is the one who I think is concerned. They both look pretty concerned there. Okay, I just can't remember where that guy falls in the end. What I want to know is what what do they think the upside for for the mutineers? Like, what's the upside if you fired it? Why would anybody give you anything? Because once if you, you if you demonstrate that you're not willing to do it, no, that once they've done it, and if it if it like went into San Francisco, there's no point in giving you anything that you wanted because you've already killed a million people. Well, if, if he was the type who would have done it, I, it probably would just be the principle of it at that point. Like, hey, you know what? I told but you I'm there ta- would be consequences. Right, but I'm talking about the the mutineers is what I'm talking about. Oh. Like, I don't... I, wh- yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a it's good like, question. What do they think they're going to get? Well, especially because that's the last rocket at that no, point. Well, no, because there's one more. Well, this this is the second to last. Yeah. So you're saying at the end of this movie, when they're threatening to launch the last rocket... but But just even if this had done what it was intended to do... Did they think they were going to get their money? They're clearly not going to get it. Well, that's, I don't remember. Let's see what they say. I feel like they're just portrayed as kind of uh, it's like a bloodlust. Well, that yeah, that's what I think it is. It's at least for the one guy. Because like the part where Tony Todd okay, again, we'll get there in a second. So let's pay attention. Uh, but I think I think Tony Todd only. Talks about the money when Ed Harris says, "Okay, we're they we, they call yeah. our bluff. Let's just go." And he's like, "No, I'm not doing that." You're right, though. A lot of fish just bought it right there. You think so? I guess maybe it only works if it's airborne. And there's there's actually so I've been to Fisherman's Wharf. There's you know there's sea lions out there. There's a lot of oh, <laughs> fishing just, is a big industry and just bought it. Yeah. Goodbye, San Francisco fishing industry. I remember David Morse having. Now he's finally getting something to do here. It's unfortunate because yeah. just like John McGinley, you're right. He didn't. Neither one of them got a lot to do in this movie. But David Morse's scene is coming up. He gets a big scene. scene is, this scene is great. Yeah. It is nice too that they just like walk, walk in on it falling completely apart, and right. it's like, oh, great! There are a lot more of them. There's there's a lot less now. Yeah. What is their plan here, though? I guess they don't—they don't know where the rocket is. So they're going to shut down the launch mechanism or something. I, yeah, I think so. the crap, General. What the hell are you doing? I'm not ready to kill these people. Call the Pentagon. Ask for more time. No. Do it, Frank. We're coming loose. You're coming loose. The rest of us are in complete control. We're asking. We're asking for a new deadline. The phone down. The men are falling apart. The men are Marines. Are they? I want to talk to General Kramer. You've been asked by an old friend. Put him on the phone right now. You've been ordered by a superior officer. This is Major Baxter. Now you're being given your last chance by a man with a gun. Put the phone down. I thought you weren't ready to kill. I'm warming up. Yeah, that, that's a great moment. Yeah, it is. Both of them. I mean, Ed Harris, just every scene in this, I think, but 
Like that feels like something out of like a more like a prestige movie. Yeah. Not not that I mean this movie is obviously you know no, I'm, pretty honestly, glossy, but it, it feels more like almost. Um... <sighs> oh, of course not. I'm gonna black blank out. A few good men. I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah, that, totally. that, it, it feels way more like that than an action movie. This too. Yep. Here's the president we were talking about earlier. This one man way human life. Yeah. Airstrike approved. <laughs> I feel like you could you could uh, sample that airstrike approved quote and put it in like a, a dance, like an EDM song. <laughs> airstrike approved. Airstrike approved. I bet somebody did it. Still would be better out of the other president. What's that? This would have been better with. Oh, with uh, current president danger? Yeah. Yeah, but he's a crook. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you could very easily sample that. For all sorts of purposes. Certainly not making Goodspeed's wife feel any better. No, well, she might not have been in that that meeting. She's in the waiting room or something. I will say, you know, after this, like Michael Bay got has been taken to task a lot for his like fetishization of the U.S. military. And my memory was there's a lot of that in this, and there's not much. It's not like it's not as jingoistic as like in terms of the way it depicts the military. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's much more matter of fact than his later movies were are very rah rah. I didn't remember that. I thought it was a little more, a little more Top Gun. Eighty thousand, yeah. The other side is talking about millions. I well, you know what? Now that I'm thinking, that's the reason why that their tactic could have worked because they had fifteen, and I think oh, there was a blast radius, so that they would have thousand times fifteen. Yeah, is, they would have yeah. had to have targeted different areas of San Francisco. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. And upcoming, I do the turn with David Morris. This is probably I I love his performance in this. Yeah, this is some serious drama. High drama happening here. His name is Sergeant Crisp. Yep. Like like uh, Coco Crisp. Coco. Like uh and Sergeant Crisp, he he gets the the bad end of it here. Yeah. Cuz he's he is conflicted. He he doesn't want to do it. Classic '90s Mexican standoff here. Yeah. Some Tarantino stuff. Very, very Reservoir Dogs. This is a Tarantino influence that has faded over time. In the '90s, every movie had to have a Mexican standoff. <laughs> you don't see very, very many of these anymore. 
That's the moment you like? Uh, it's actually before that. It's, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure serving with you. Gotcha. Yeah. And this is really smart, too, that Ed Harris doesn't die by the hero's hands, you know, yep. considering how sympathetic he's been. That his own men get him. No, and he, and he gets redemption, too, of telling them where the last... Yeah. This movie is a little more somber than I remember, I'll tell you that. Oh, see, I, that, that's why I like, for me, I remember it being this somber, and I, I enjoy it. That I like the cartoon. I mean, we people who listen to this know we like the cartoon action yeah. movies. What I like about this one, it's, I mean, the the setup of the villain is very believable and sympathetic, but at the same time, it's pretty, you know, somber. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's going to get a little, the rocket man. I, I do enjoy it, but <laughs> that, yeah, that's the stuff I remember, but there, but there are a lot of moments that Navy, the, the standoff between yeah. the seals. And I mean, that's heavy, like drama, the, the scene just before this, when the men are falling apart, that's, that's prestige drama. Yeah. So I, I like that it has a balance of it and it is a little, uh, Dark isn't the right term. Somber is, is a better better description of it. The villains are taking the movie very seriously, and our heroes are are when they're on their own anyway yes. are are kind of yucking it up. It's it's a nice it's a good way to do it. He really he really fondled that uh, <laughs> rocket there. Yes. Goodspeed's getting very proficient at <laughs> disarming is. these. Very handsy. He, I mean, he's moving super. When you when you think back to that first one, he's on a time crunch. I mean, at this point, he's trying to get the the chip out, but the 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 VX is out of the rocket at this point. So as long as they, I mean, they just, he just needs to keep him from putting it back in. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good exchange. It is. <laughs> his, his response. To uh, to Nicholas Cage asking him if he listens to Elton John or uh, uh, yeah, it's Elton John. I don't right because Rocket Man is an Elton John song. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but the. F- <laughs> <laughs> this moment is really drawn out too. It is. It, it then it cuts back to him falling in a minute and getting impaled. Yeah. He really bites it. I mean, yeah, like just... you, you don't need to do that. I don't mind it, but <laughs> that's kind of excessive. You had to make sure he was dead. And yeah, and in particular, because I think of the two, Rogue, he's the least worse because he really just wants his money. Right. The the other guy, he does have bloodlust. I mean, it seems clear he just wants to kill people. Yeah. Unclear if Tony Todd would have launched. Right. If he got his money, eh, yeah. he definitely would. He really just wanted his money. Long-haired soldier. He wants to be all he can be. Here he comes. <laughs> he kind of reminds me a little, a little bit of Willem Dafoe in a way. Yeah, I can see that. Similar hair, yep. for sure, in the 90s, William, William Dafoe. But like at this point, the problem has been solved, right? San Francisco is already saved. The rocket has been fired. Are there any other rockets? Le- no, there, but there's another rocket left. I think I've thought about that. The The one just before he gets caught, he takes the chip out. Right. Oh, but he's destroyed the chip. All the chips are gone. The rocket's gone. You're right. San Francisco's saved, but they're not necessarily. Sure. Because 
theoretically, they could take this VX maybe. I don't. Oh, yeah. If they, if they escape with the stuff, it's still pretty bad. Here you go. You're right. There's, there's a sniper. So I wonder, does, does this guy even know that Hummel is dead, that there's been a mutiny? Does he know any of this? That's a good question. Because like I said earlier, he looked like he was not thrilled about launching that rocket. He may be a, you know, a good guy who has no idea what's going on. No, you may be right. He might not know that there's been a full-on mutiny. Because they went, they came down from that position to go confront Hummel. Right. So they, for all they he probably knows, left him here the whole time. Well, and also for all they know, if Hummel is dead, that they may have killed him. Sure. I seem to recall this guy's reaction to getting hit in the back was kind of funny. Let's see. I don't remember specifics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> eh, it wasn't. Nothing special. For some no. reason, I remembered him like reacting in a crazy Differently, way. Yeah. <laughs> Another. Th- I forgot Another. about the second thumbs up. It's full of thumbs ups. But the first one, it. What about Mister Henderson's head? You're right. It may be the greatest thumbs up in cinema history. I, it's up there for sure. I mean, T2 and that, I don't know T- what else. T- the, those are probably the two most... I, T2's got to beat that, but I mean, it, it's in the top ten. It's because I think T2, the closing of the fingers to do the thumbs up yeah. before, that that does make it more iconic. Apparently, there are some Terminator fans who don't like that thumbs up. We think That's, it's cornball and no, like schmaltzy. No. I'm just going to say this right now. I'm They're with, wrong. I, I am with you. It's a great moment. I don't remember Statham surviving this long. <laughs> you know, fake Statham. Well, yeah, Statham gets in a in a drawn out fist fight here with uh, Mason. I don't remember this. Oh, I do remember this now. <laughs> Apparently, not very not Statham enough. Yes, <laughs> Jason Statham definitely not Irish. There we go. Yep. You think he could have seen that coming? You'd hope so. <laughs> Oh, I forgot he gets the he gets the diehard treatment here. That's right. Does not come back though. No, he does not. He does look like Statham. A little more muscular though. Yeah. Well, a little thicker. I don't know if it's muscular or he's just got a thicker frame. The other thing Statham about- was a diver. He's got a very slender frame. About this sequence, it doesn't make any sense why Goodspeed hasn't just destroyed the chip already. I don't think the chip matters anymore. That's right, because, yeah, there was an insert shot a minute ago where he grabs the chip. It's like, what What difference does it make? The rockets are all gone. What are you going to use the chip for? No, because that's it. Not all the rockets are gone. Oh, yeah, okay. The okay. rockets, so that, that's what, what yeah, doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense you're is right. why he hasn't just destroyed the chip. Yeah, you're right. So the, the, now, the, I mean, well, once so you, he can use it as bait right here. <laughs> that's why he didn't destroy it. You're right, though. He absolutely should have destroyed it by now. Yeah, because then San Francisco's saved. They may not be. But no, it's, it's San Francisco's not saved until he destroys that chip, right? But, right, so, that's what I'm saying. Is that yeah. If he had just destroyed that, he would still be in danger, but Carla and everybody else is yeah. not. So he should have destroyed that immediately. Yeah, absolutely should have. It's all, I mean, it's for this drawn-out sequence yeah. is why. But I mean, in the moment, you don't really think about it. <laughs> that shot's a little weird. It's like a POV shot, and it zooms in on this yeah. guy. 
that sound effect of that thing breaking is a little like yeah, it's, it's sound library push play. Yeah, because it's 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 glass, and I'm not sure I buy that. Yeah, I guess you know it needs to be made of some kind of material that could break open when you detonate the rocket. You know what I dislike? I don't like that this bloodlust guy gets the the vi- effects of the the first guy when they show the stakes. That gets locked in. I mean, you see his skin completely melting off. That's this true. guy is is a blood. He deserves way worse yeah, than yeah. the first guy. You see it a little bit, but I don't. We don't see him again. No, do we? He, no, he's done. Yeah. That's it. Whoa! Look at all the skulls in that guy's helmet. That guy has shot down a lot of planes. Yes, he has. What floor was he fighting in <laughs> in 1996? I don't know. It's like the period where there were the fewest conflicts in American history. <laughs> You're right. Either that or he is an old pilot. <laughs> yeah, he must be. Shot down pilots in Grenada or something. This is there. another great music cue. I love yes. this. This I love this. Ent- that's the reason why I love seeing the green smoke it's dropping a- down to his. <laughs> it's a great movie moment. I think in the in the in the in the movie it works. As a response to a text, a little confusing. That's all I'm saying. I mean, that was a real, you know. Yeah, that's a great shot. That's yeah, very dropping cool. down below the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Some great shots in this. The shot, the overhead shot. Yeah, it is. That might be here. the best part of this. I'm running, just wandering around, getting out of here. That is a very awkward shot of. I mean, I guess they needed to remind you that he's there. Yeah, they could have found a better way to do that. That's a very awkward cut. I got green smoke. I feel bad for this pilot. Yeah, and he. (laughs) Poor guy. Like he, right. He's following that, orders. That's such a cool it shot. Is awesome. Man. You can totally see the wire on uh, yeah. that stunt man there. I, I I know I've noticed that before. <laughs> that guy's pissed too. <laughs> sure. I mean, what could you do? The the, I, the spotter spotted the smoke a second before right. they dropped the bomb like but he, There you go, see? So like yeah, they I give guess, him redemption immediately that he didn't kill the hostages. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't think that he killed anybody for right. an hour. Here we go, and the flute <laughs> the is back. Flute is I back. forgot the flute comes back. <laughs> I mean I feel like I'm on the Shire. Yeah, it is it is very Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I like it though. It's it it is because it it. The movie has tied this piece of music to his daughter, yeah. and now he's become like this surrogate father for Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And no, it, it, it does totally work. works. It's just the the choice of it being the flute. <laughs> yeah, is... it, it, it because it doesn't fit with the rest of the score. It's just the one piece of music it's, that has this so much the Shire. Now that I think yeah. of it, yeah, it's like the Stonehenge. You know, <laughs> it's, when, it's when the little people come out. <laughs> You're right. That's what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> the gra- the gravity of the moment <laughs> when the Stonehenge monument was in danger of being crushed. I think you're making too much of this. If we'd made too much of it, it would have been a good idea. Every one of them. Good speed. Slow map. What about Mason? 
So you get a little flute in return. Yep. He's dead, sir. How? When? Just come and get me. Well, Mac tore up your pardon, John. Of course. I knew he would. I wish I could pull off saying, but of course, in a casual conversation. Yeah. They didn't put him up in the Fremont. No, to the Fairmont, but no, not at all. Thank you to anybody. But thank you. He should have demanded equal treatment to Mason. So. This is when we go our separate ways. I'm sure you know the etymology of your name, Goodspeed. Yeah, Godspeed. To wish someone a prosperous journey, why? Well, if you fancy a journey, I recommend Fort Walton, Kansas. I was thinking Maui. I like the idea of a Bond-esque spy visiting Fort Walton, Kansas. Kansas. What was he doing there? For, for some reason, you know what I think of when I hear that? I think of Andy Dufresne's instructions to Red to go out to the, the tree to yeah. find what he buries for him for some reason. Similar. I guess, yeah, if you want to hide something, put it in the middle of nowhere. Yep. He wasn't going to hear you even if he was still there. <laughs> he's he's he hundred yards away. Right, he bolted like a thousand feet away. Yeah. It's almost like a magical realism kind of a moment where he just kind of like vanishes. I guess he's a cool spy. He can he can be a magician. Yeah, it, it, I don't mind it. This is why I like foresight. It's this moment because he the, the fact that he it sees through this and goes along vaporize. This performance, come on, I like this. This is this he is sees fine. right through him when he, yeah. he he lets it go. He lets it go. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, but he wants to get out of there. He doesn't sure. want to have anything to do with the explanation. Yeah, he doesn't want to be an accessory to this lie. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he lends credence to it and then goes. He's just like, he just bolts. Yeah, I'll help you out here, and then that's it. It would have to be a pretty remote place too to for that church. To, to also, you know, still be around all those years later and not have been demolished and been turned into something else. I guess. I mean... <laughs> that Mel Brooks-looking guy <laughs> does not look like a, a priest. And the hey you! It kind of reminds me of Back to the Future. Yeah. Crazy drunk drivers. Keen seems to think it might have been Captain John Patrick Mason. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I mean, it, it's it, the timing is strange. That's all. I forgot about this. This, this yeah. is the first post Simpson Bruckheimer, I guess. Yeah, because that Days of Thunder was. I I don't think it was finished, but they had started on Days of Thunder. Okay, but and and he had died midway through, so that was presented. You know. Di- wasn't presented. I think this was the first complete movie done after just Bruckheimer films. Yeah. No Bruckheimer Simpson. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, that was that was an interesting journey. Uh, hopefully, it was was good listening. Yeah, I thought that went well. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed watching it again. I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. Yeah. As evidenced by the fact that I only have a DVD, 
I haven't upgraded this well, to Blu-ray. Well, it's yet. Criterion collection. That's true. They never put out a Blu-ray on uh, Criterion, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I if I if I I probably will buy the Blu-ray, I, but I'll keep the DVD for the extras. I remember this having a lot of extras. Yeah, and there, there's some good ones on there. It's been a long time since I watched them, but yeah, I thought that went well. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully everyone has uh, enjoyed this, and uh, why don't. Why don't we uh, say where we're heading next? Because we're going to try and do another one of these. Yeah. So, like, like you said at the beginning, I sent you a list of five possibles that uh, you picked Correct. from. And uh, yeah, I was I was trying to get a- action adjacent sort of. Type yeah, of your movie. list was definitely a, a little different. A- action, but with a twist, was sort of the theme. It was just like you know, action mixed with some other uh, you know genre. genre. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you- I'm, I'm actually very excited. So. I, I hope that this one was on your list because on mine I was suggesting Coen Brothers movies yeah, as, in as an opportunity. So uh, I went and selected that since I was kind of pushing for the Coen Brothers. Uh, so it is going to be No Country for Old Men, which yeah. I'm very excited. I think it's a good intersection in of our interests because it, it it's it's action ish, but it's the most action movie that the Coens ever made or yes. probably will ever make. But yeah, I mean, I, we both like the Coen Brothers, Brothers for and, sure, and it has the element. I, I mean, I love the fact. I love the idea of modern westerns, and there's been a couple of really good ones. This being one of them recently in the last five years ish, yeah. because another one that was on my list, I think maybe that I presented to you was Hell or High Water, which was we, we both of us enjoy heist movies. Yeah. Um. So See, my, I, my worry about that is I've only seen that movie once, and I really? I, I don't want to do a commentary on a movie I'm not oh. I, I'm just not familiar enough with that movie. I don't know what's wrong with me because I've I've probably seen it three or four times already. I really like that movie. Oh, I did too. Yeah. I just haven't watched it again yet. Uh. So I'm I'm excited because it's it's a modern western. It's it's a heist. There's a lot of elements of movies that both you and I like. So I'm looking for and it's, it has some action elements to it, and it's a Coen brother. So there are also going to be quirky moments that are just outstanding. Yeah. We can get our Timmy Lee Jones fill, and uh, you know it, it's it's talk about somebody who was born for a role. I mean, there, there there's nobody else that can yeah. that you could pick for that. It, it was it, probably written for him, frankly. Yeah, probably. I would assume so. I would hope so. I mean, it feels like it anyway. Yeah, but we can talk about that next time. So yeah, yeah join us when we uh, do our commentary for No Country for Old Men, which which uh, will be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, and All then right. after that, we'll have to discuss. If we're going to be back uh, by, by next, uh, by the end of next episode, we will know if we're back for the rest of the season or not. Yeah, and uh, it is my pick, and I already know the movie, so we are fully prepared. That's right. You've been prepared for a while now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rocky. I forgot up. that Rocky was the next one up, so I've been prepared for months now. It seems. Yeah. All right. So that was the show. That's the show. Uh, we'll be back with a commentary for No Country for Old Men. No commentary for middle-aged men. 